Okay, in the good old days, I used to drink Coke and water, and we haven't drank Coke in a long time. I guess on the camera they can see that we have Diet Dr. Pepper. Um, it's, not so good for the, it's not so good for the camera. So let's move it. Anybody that wants Dr. Pepper is welcome to come around over here for the Dr. Pepper. I'm going to hide it from the camera. In general, in Mayan, we try to keep away from that stuff. It's not good for us. We try to stick to water because it's much healthier. But today I'm a little tired because I'm a little jet lag from a trip that I did to Eretz Yisrael in and out in the beginning of the week, but still a little tired. So this will help a little. L'chaim. Tonight I want to dedicate this year to my Zayda, my great-grandfather. My father's father's father's... No, one second. My father's father's father. His name is Rabbi Yaakov Zev. His yard site is tonight. Rabbi Yaakov Zev ben... Ben Rabbi Yitzchak. May his neshama have a great aliyah. Let's this learning. Okay. Till now we were learning the Maimir al-Tatzer Esmayav. And I, I, I really got to a little bit of a difficult part. Shem should help. I should uh, be able to crack through it. I didn't make an attempt the whole week. And, uh, yeah, I didn't feel up to it tonight. Meanwhile, we haven't learned Lakuti Torah in a long time. So we're going to go back tonight and learn a Maimir Lakuti Torah. In Parshas Re'eh, we don't have that many Lakuti Torah Mamarim left. We have two Biurim, meaning two Maimarim that are explanations on Maimers that we Maimarim on discourses that we learned in the past. As as explained many times, the, the explanations usually need more explanation than the Maimer itself. The explanations are very are more Kabbalistic and more technical. Um, now, and another thing I will admit that I know I've been making these confessions every week, but especially today because so many. So I also want to dedicate tonight's class to my new grandson who being that he's a boy, he's still nameless. Um, Bez Hashem, he's going to have his bris next week, so I want to wish him that he should grow up with bring a lot of light, and uh, be a good, healthy, happy chassid. That's what we need. He can be a Talmud Chacham as well. That'll be nice as well. Okay, so... All that happening, the baby being born and all these things throw, threw me a little off. At least, put it this way, I haven't been preparing a long time already. But at least this week I have a good excuse for the non-preparation. Other weeks I'm left without an excuse. In any case, I, but you know what? We learned the mimer itself already. I don't think anybody that's here now, but we learned it a few years ago. And with Hashem's help, we're going to figure out the, disc, the the explanation. I mean, I did do some some reading on it, but I don't feel comfortable teaching it yet. But that's the good thing about being Thursday night. Whether I want to teach or not, whether I'm up to it or not, ready or not, here we go. That's the that's that's the good thing about all these set classes that would just would help if I would be a little more prepared. Okay, this is my this is my own confessions. We're erev shchodesh elots. It's the time to it's the time to start doing tshuva and the time to start confessing. So I started early tonight. In any case, um, the mimer is an explanation on a mimer, on a discourse that is based on a pasuk, on in this week's haftorah. 
This week's Haftorah is the third of the Haftorahs of comfort. And it begins with the words, Aniyah Sayara. Afflicted, oh, afflicted, storm tossed, unconsoled one. You don't want to talk about a storm. We give a bracha that the storm that's heading towards the U.S. coast should mellow out. It should be a mellow, it shouldn't harm anybody in Florida and in uh, wherever, in Georgia. In any case, but here we're talking about a storm. Aniyah Sayara. Afflicted, storm-tossed. Talking about the Jewish people. Those that have not been comforted. So the Pasuk says, Behold, I shall lay your floor stones upon pearls. And make your foundations out of sapphire. How beautiful it's going to be in Yerushalayim. V'samti katkoid. Shem your windows I will make out of the special, the precious stone called katkoid. Here he says, I shall make your sun windows of rubies. Ushorayach, and your gates, la'avne ektoch, will be made out of, of garnets. And garnets must also be some different type of precious jewel. V'chol gevulech, and all your entire boundaries will be made up of the avne chefets of precious stones. Talking about the rebuilding of Jerusalem and how beautiful it's going to be. And then it says, V'chol bonayich and all your children, l'mudei Hashem, will be students of God. That's beautiful. Where you're learning, I'm learning by God. I'm learning by Hashem. Bechol bonayich and all your children, l'mudei Hashem, are students of Hashem. V'rav shalom bonayich. And abundant will be the peace of your children. Your children will have an abundance of peace. V'rav and much shalom, shalom, peace, bonayich for your children. That is the possible. It's this Pasuk that the Mimer talks about. This last Pasuk that I just mentioned. V'chol banayich l'mudei Hashem, that your children, it's a blessing regarding our children. That our children, our students, will be students of God. And a lot of peace is to them. There will be much peace to your children. Now we say this Pasuk every day in davening. Where in davening do we say it? Right in the morning prayer, Shachar is, right prior to the to Aleinu, all the way in the end of the davening, right before we say Aleinu, we say, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Amar Rabbi Hanina. Lazar says in the name of Rabbi Hanina, Talmidei Chachamim Marbim Shalom Bi'olam. Torah scholars increase peace in the world. Sages learn out that Torah scholars increase peace in the world. Where do we see that those who study the Torah, Torah scholars, are the ones who bring peace to the world and bring an abundance of peace to the world. We learn it from this Pasuk, Shanamar, as it says, and all your children, which are the students of God, which we're soon going to see is the reason why we're called Talmid Chacham, a student of Chacham, of Chachma. 
students of Yud Kei Vav Kei, students of Hashem. In Hashem's name itself, it's the name of Yud Kei Vav Kei. We know that the main primary power of the Yud Kei Vav Kei is in the Yud. And the Yud is Chachma. So that's what we call a Talmud Chacham, Talmud Chacham, because they're Limudei, they're the students of Chachma. So then they're students of Havaya, of Yud Kei Vav Kei. Okay? But in any case, but here's talking about, simply it's talking about your children. Then it says, V'rav Shalom and much peace, Bonayach is to your children. Simply from here we can learn out that your children, which are, oh, but it doesn't say specifically that we're talking about scholars. It just says your children. Your children have an abundance of peace, V'rav Shalom which from here we can simply derive that it's the scholars are the ones who increase peace in the world because they have the power of rav shalom, abundance of peace. However, it doesn't say scholars, it just says your children. Are we to assume that all Jewish people are scholars? Some are, some are not. Some study Torah, some maybe not. So where do we get that dafka, the Tamidah Chachamim are the ones that are shown? So simply we can say, from the beginning of the Pasuk, it says, All of your children, are students of God. Since it says they are students of God, how are they? Stu- which we said before means they are students of Chachma. They are Tamidah Chachamim. Students of Chachma. Students of Yud Kevavke. That scholars, scholars are students of Chachma, because the Torah comes from Chachma. When you learn Torah, you fill your mind and you become knowledgeable, you draw down the lights and the energies and the revelations of Chachma. And that becomes a Torah scholar. And these and it's upon these Torah scholars that we say that Virav Shalom Banayach, that they're the ones who bring peace. So from this Pasuk we know that it's Torah scholars that bring peace. That would seem perfect. The Pasuk is a source that scholars increase peace in the world. However, the sages in the davening, we, we don't suffice with that. We bring the teaching of Rabbi Lazar, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Amar Rabbi Hanina. Rabbi Lazar says in the name of Rabbi Hanina, slightly different. How do we know that it is the Precisely the Talmud Chacham, the Torah scholars that increase peace in the world. We have, we can't just derive it from the Pasuk itself. We have to do some kind of an amendment in the Pasuk. We have to do some kind of an edit. We edit the Pasuk. What kind of an edit do we do in the Pasuk? In the second half of the Pasuk where it says, V'rav shalom bonayich, and much peace for your children, we edit the word bonayich. And how do we edit it? So the, 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 what we say in davening is, which is the actual words of the editing, Rabbi, Rabbi Hanina says we edit. How do we edit? What do we do? We do al-tikri bonayich. We do not read it bonayich. We switch the word. We edit the word bonayich. Ella boinayach, rather those who build you. Bonayach, those who build you. 
who are the ones that are building? The builders. Boinayach means those, the builders. So who are the ones that are constructing the world, building the world? That's the Torah scholars. Torah scholars are the constructive builders of creation. They build up the world. Torah scholars, their profession is construction. They're constructing the world. Oh, once we change the word bonayich from children and we turn them into bonayich builders, so now it's clear, v'rav sholem, who brings peace? Who brings abundance of peace? Who is that? Boinayach. Those are the builders. That's specifically Torah scholars. Okay. That's what we, that's what we say in davening every day. The mimer over here is explaining this whole concept. We have to say that there is if the, if the Pasuk would have just wanted to talk about the Bonayich, builders, it should have said Bonayich. It doesn't say that. It says Bonayich, which means children. It's only that we have to come on to this method of learning called an Al-Tikri. Al-Tikri means don't read it like this, read it differently. Now obviously the Torah is not making a mistake. It wasn't a printing mistake. It wasn't a printing error. It's God's Torah. It wasn't a printing error. It's Isaiah. It's Yeshaya, Hanavi. He's speaking the words of God. He's a Navi. He's Shechinam He's not making any mistakes. You have to say that there is an element called children. And then there is another element called constructors, builders. And over here, we first start with children. And then we change it from children to builders. But as we said earlier, in truth, even if we're referring to children, it would seem like we can from here itself know that we're dealing with scholarly children. Because in the half of breath before that, in the very same Pasuk, it says, what, what about your children? V'chol banayich, all your children, l'mudei Hashem, are students of God. So these are children that are learning. They're studying. So they're scholars. Yet, that doesn't work. That means, what that really means is, and this we're going to see in the Mimer, in order to have the unique quality of increasing peace, it's not enough just to be a student of God. The being a, 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 a and therefore being considered your children, that's a great thing. Children of God, students of God. Unbelievable. That's great. But that does still not lead to the Rav Shalom, to an abundance of peace. To bring about, and what's abundance of peace? The abundance of peace is really world peace. And world peace is like, it seems to be the elusive uh, dream of humanity. People have been dreaming of world peace a long time. But the world peace is going to come about only through the builders. The builders will finally bring world peace. 
World peace will only be as we're soon going to see when the entire world recognizes its source. And all of creation is in a state of surrender and submission to one creator who created us all. And then there will be world peace. But in order to achieve that, we have to kind of tinker with the psyche of all of humanity. And we have to change about the nature of the very physical environment and reality that we live in to facilitate the revelation of God in this world. And only that will allow abundance of peace. That particular... That particular... um, uh, Repair that needs to be done. Let's call it a repair. That particular fixing that needs to be done can only be done by Torah scholars that are called builders. Torah scholars that are children of God are great, or students of God are great. But that can't complete it. It needs to be builders. That's why the sages say, do not read it, children. Read it, builders. So what we're going to, the Alter Rebbe is going to take this in the discourse. I'm giving you just a little bit of a, already a, a, head, a head start and a direction. He's going to develop that there is in Torah study, there's two levels of Torah study. You can study Torah motivated as a child, and you can study Torah motivated as a construction worker, as we're going to see soon. It's two different motivations. To be more specific and more accurate, you can be motivated by love, by a burning passion, and that's called a child. Children are very close to their parents. Or you can be motivated because God put a job upon you to do. You're motivated by awe and fear, and, and, or we might more accurately, um, subservience. The acceptance of the yoke of heaven. And what are you doing as a result of that? You're studying Torah diligently. But not because it gives you pleasure, not because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're fired up with love, which is great, but it doesn't have such an impact in the world. The greatest impact in the world is Torah study that you're doing with, because you must learn. Because Hashem wants us to study and God wants you to learn and God commands you to learn. It's called the yoke of Torah. If you remember in the Mimer we were learning Al-Tatsar Esmayav, the previous discourse that we were learning, we were talking about the two things that it will take to bring Moshiach. And I mentioned over there, tshuva, we need to bring repentance. And another thing is, observance of Torah and mitzvahs with, out of an, a sense of duty. Not just learning Torah doing mitzvahs, but learning Torah with uloi shel Torah, the yoke of Torah. And I remember I told you then that the study of Rambam is very much the yoke of Torah. Because there are other parts of Torah that are more enjoyable. Daily study of Rambam is nice, 
but it's more a sense of duty. You've got to learn your three chapters or your chapter, whatever you're learning of it. And you feel like the yoke of it. You have to finish it every day. You're tired. You can't. Sometimes it's boring. It's Torah is never boring, but if you learn all the whatever the Gemara has to say on it, and you know all the background, it's never boring. But if you don't, and you're just reading the dry halacha, it can get pretty difficult and hard and so on and so forth. But that's exactly it. Fixing the world is the study of halacha, and more in a, more in a manner of dry halacha with the, the sense of duty and a yoke. And it's precisely that kind of learning that the sages are talking about that will increase world peace, will bring l'rav shalem. Now, not to say that the other kind of Torah study, Torah study with enjoyment and pleasure and sensation and love, and as a child that wants to know his parent and be very, very, you know, experience the, 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 the understanding, the, the mind of his or her parent, that's wonderful, and that has incredible, incredible spiritual effects in the world. But not this particular thing of bringing abundance of peace. Because, let me tell you, let me add one more point before we start inside. Because the most unbelievable thing, which is a shocker, real shocker, abundance of peace, which means world peace, and a finally a time when all of humanity will live in harmony can only come about through the city of peace. And the city of peace is Yerushalayim. Because it has the word shalom in it, which is peace. So one will argue, one will say that's the most contentious city in the world the most contentious place in the world is Yerushalayim and the Temple Mount. It's like the most, the place where more people thought about for the one little place more than ever before. People think that that's the place that's the biggest impediment or the biggest um, yeah, impediment to peace. The biggest obstacle to peace is Jerusalem. That's not true. Yerushalayim is the city of peace. But we have to construct Jerusalem. When we talk about building, Bonayach, those who build, what are those that study Torah with a sense of duty and a sense of subservience? Those people that study Torah, these are the Talmud Chachamim that are not bon, Bonayach, they're Bonayach, the builders. They are Bonei Yerushalayim Hashem. They're building the city of Jerusalem. And the city of Jerusalem is constructed and when that kind of is built, it brings about the transformation of all hostile negative forces are converted to goodness. And then there's no more war, because there's no more enemy. Everything is turned over. And that's the deeper meaning of what he's going to explain later of the words, Virav Shalom. Rav Shalom doesn't only mean a lot of peace. Rav Shalom means, Rav, the world of multiplicity, Rav means much. It's a, Rav is the 
indication of the unholy side. Where do we find that Rav? We say Rishus Harabim, the, the uh, public domain. Public domain is a place where God is not too popular. Or are definitely God is not taken too seriously in the public domain. In the public domain, they want to do all kinds of parades. And not necessarily taking Hashem's desire too seriously. In the public domain. They argue that in the public domain, we can't have a display of anything associated with God. It's in the public. We have to take it down. God, you can't have in a public place, you can't have a display of, you know, we believe in God and God we trust. That's, of course, it's the public domain. The public domain is the area of the klipot, the forces of unholiness, the forces of darkness, and wage war against Kedusha, they're the public domain. And that's why the master and the source of the public domain is Esav. Esav is someone who doesn't want to surrender to God. Esav is, you know, Yaakov is Kedusha. Esav is the opposite. And what does Esav say when he wants to speak about himself and his successes? He says to Yaakov, Yeshli, I have Rav, I have a lot. He's lacking unity. He has a lot, much, a whole bunch of stuff. Yaakov also says, I have a lot. But Yaakov says, I have koil, I have everything. And when the words of Yaakov saying, I have everything, everything is an inclusive word. Everything is all, in his kalalut, it's all included. Much means fragmented, a lot, lots of stuff, bunches of stuff, separation, discord. And that's why Esav is the root of Rishus Harabin, of the public domain. We know that we're here in exile in order to fix the world of Esav, in order to correct that on that world of the many, that needs to be fixed. And that world of the many needs to be converted to holiness. It has to become from a public domain, a private domain. That's the meaning of the word virav shalom. It means that rav, which is Esau, which, which are all these forces of klipa, of unholiness, that are, intact, that are at, at, at odds with holiness, that fight against Kedusha, that are at war with Kedusha, are going to transform. And they're all going to be included in the singular piece, originating from Jerusalem, from Yerushalayim. Rav Shalom. That impact, that effect, not to eliminate the klipa, not to destroy the klipa, but to transform darkness to light. To make the rav itself, the other side, join in holiness. Like, like it says by Pada Bishayim, Hasidis always, the Rebbe, we always talk about in Hasidis, Pada Bishalom Nafshi, again, Shalom, peace, I was redeemed. 
that even the Rishus Rabim, even the people on the outside, Haya Imadi are with me. That ability to, 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 to turn over to the enemy to become an ally. Asaf to become an assistant. That power comes through Torah study by those who study it with the attitude of duty. Construction, construction workers. We construct the world, transform it into Kedusha, Nafshalim Banaya. And as he's going to learn in the Mimer, which is really this is what got me excited, of course, is that it, the forces of that means as he brings, he brings in the Mimer, that's the idea that the Chazer, the pig, which is Esav, is going to become kosher. Where does the pig hang out? In the garbage. But also, we're talking about a wild boar. There's regular pigs, farm pigs. And then there are the more dangerous ones out there, a wild boar. They're called, so there's a Pasik that says, Yechar semeno chazir mi yo'ar. It will trample it, it will destroy it. Chazir, the pig, Tapasik and Tehillim, mi yo'ar from the from the forest, the wild boar. It's referring to Esau, which during, until his, until his rectification, is a wild, dangerous boar. And where does he get his strength? Miyar from the forest. We'll soon see. Forests represent the dimension of existence where the separation from God is made possible. Yar, the forest, represents the world of angels. Angels are all holy, they're all good. No. Yes, they are. But they're not perfectly surrendered to God. They're not perfectly unified. That's why we know the concept of 70 ministering angels that are troublemakers. And then the source of the 70 nations that until their rectification are not holy, are corrupt. Where does it start? In the world of the angels. That's it's in Kabbalah it says, and he's going to bring it, that in the world of the angels, that's where the klipa starts. That's where the Eitzhadas Toverah starts. In the, in, the, in the forest there's a tree. Which tree? The tree of good and bad. They're mostly good, but there's already the beginning of separation. Which eventually translates into our world, into nations that are totally evil. Led by primarily Esav, Amalek, Esav. Deriving the energy, Miyar, from the forest. The wild forest, where the boar hangs out, the wild boar. But once we're going to achieve the Rav Shalom, that Rav, the forces of Esav, are also going to make peace, Shalom with holiness. Watch this. Then Yo'ar, then the forest, we're going to rearrange the letters of Yo'ar, the forest, and we're going to get the word Ir. Ir means a city. We're going to turn the jungle into a city. We're going to turn the wild boar that hangs out into the 
We're going to turn him into a mensch, and then he can live in a city. Yo'ar, rearrange the letters. Yud, ayin, reish, becomes ir. Which city? Ir, elokeinu. And that's why there will be a man who will be an incarnation of Esau, who the world looks at him as a wild boar that will recognize Jerusalem. Because that's the whole construction, that's the whole tikkun. The tikkun is that Esau should be involved in Ir Elokeinu and the recognizing of Ir Elokeinu. If you know the secret, then you know the secret of everything that's going on in politics. This is the... It's been in this page here for 200 years. It says it over here. That Esau himself will be involved in Yerushalayim, in the building of Jerusalem. And that's the whole power of Jerusalem, to take forces of total opposite and convert them. It's still a wild boar. That's why it's not pretty. It's a chazir miyar. But dafka ir elokeinu, the city of God he gives respect to and recognizes it. And what do we have going on this week in the news? Honduras recognized Jerusalem. Today, another country, I don't even ever heard of this country, recognized Jerusalem and putting their, opening their embassies there. Slowly. What he did was bro- break through. Once he broke through, everybody's going to follow, because this is truth. This is going to happen. The main thing is the breakthrough. You see, once something broke through, it's going to happen. Here at Good, now let's read inside. And, and how do we affect this? Every, each and every one of us. Torah study with the sense of the yoke of heaven. Soon we're going to see mitzvah observance as well. Tzedakah. All that is establishing God's kingdom in this world, rooted in Jerusalem, and never, ever, ever being vulnerable anymore for any kind of a breach and an attack. We build Jerusalem, but we build it in a way that will be protected. In the past, we built it up, but it was breached. Because we're going to see soon that Jerusalem, representing the Shekhinah, the dwelling of God in this world, is, is a danger zone. It's always possible, God forbid, for, for, for destroying Jerusalem and taking its power somewhere else. Taking the power of Jerusalem to Rome. But we have to make sure that's never going to happen again. So we have to protect Jerusalem, build Jerusalem. And this is what this mimer is all about, building Yerushalayim. He's going to explain on each and every one of us does it spiritually in our own service. And then it already happens in the world automatically. We don't have to conduct the politics of the world. Let, let God take care of that. What we need to do is the inner work, the real way, where it really counts. We have to rewire the system. And when we, re, when we rewire the system and do whatever it takes, we create um, firewalls and whatever it is that the klipa should not be able to breach, protect. We, we pull out the energy from where it doesn't belong. And then we even are, have the ability to flip over that which is negative already to holiness. And that's it, the building of Jerusalem. Of Jerusalem and then it's forever protected and, and, and you have a 
holy, healthy. World fulfilling the dream that God had as being a king and having a home in this physical material world. That's it. So now let's read the Mimer inside. Beer advarim, the explanation of the matter, be'inyan altikra banayich. When the sages say, do not read it banayich. Shuhub chenas ava. Now don't read it banayich. Don't read it children. Read it bonayich. So what does that mean? As we mentioned earlier, banayich is, represents Torah study. We know we're talking about Torah study because the beginning of the verse says, V'chol banayich l'mudei Hashem. Those are students of God. Students of Hashem means you learn Torah. By the way, to be, to be considered banayich in the earlier mimer, he explains, Torah study itself on its own without anything else is very, very lacking. Torah study needs to come after prayer. And that's the idea of being lemude havaya, to be children of God, to be, I'm sorry, students of Hashem. You have to have prayer as well, which is called, and that you become a child. Because prayer brings out your neshama. It's a whole long discussion. Ben yutke, it's the, the main idea of prayer is really meditation. You meditate and you evoke within yourself love and fear of God. That's the main idea of prayer. It's not just mumbling words. Prayer is a deep time of opening up your neshama, revealing your neshama, your intellect, your emotions, coming into a state of alignment with Hashem. And that's called Bina. Chachma Bina. Bina is Ben Yudke. You become a son of Yudke. Yudke, Chachma, and Bina. That's through prayer. But that will lead you. Because what did we say earlier? All your children are students of Yudke Vavke, of the Tetragrammaton, of Yudke Vavke. So you first have to start off being a student from Yudke. The Yud and the He are the hidden letters of God's name, and in our service it represents stimulating our Chachma and stimulating our Bina, our right side of our, of our brain and our left side of our brain, which means the right side of our mind and the left side of our mind, that's Chachma and Bina, which is primarily an exercise that we do during davening, through meditation. And, and as a result of that, we create an emotional feeling, and we're like a child of, full of passion and love and desire to connect to God. That's Yudke, but we don't stop with that. Then as, as, as in, in that mode of loving Hashem and wanting to get close to Him, we study His Torah. That's the Vav of Yudke Vavke. The Vav is Limud HaTorah. Torah study is the Vav because in Torah study the main thing is the sound of Torah. You're supposed to learn Torah loud. Torah you don't learn like in a library. You read with your eyes. Torah is, Jews always learn Torah with, with a nigan. They, they, they would sing. They go into a yeshiva, people are talking loud. And even the Talmud Chacham, a yid, sits and learns Torah himself in his house. He, learn, he learns with a song. You say the words out loud. You're reading. Why? Koil. That's the voice. That's the vav. Hakoil koil Yaakov. The voice of Yaakov. Yaakov is Torah. 
Also, the main part of Torah, the main skeleton of Torah, Torah Shabal the oral Torah, is Mishnah. And Mishnah has six, six parts to Mishnah. Shishe Sidre Mishnah. Six different sections to Mishnah. Also, Mishnah, what does Mishnah give you? Mishnah gives you all instructions of what is kosher and what is not kosher. What is guilty and what is innocent. What is pure and what is impure. Pater, chayev, uh, pro, uh, pro, prohibited and permissible. Tahar, tameh. Which are the, these are the emotions of God. Whatever is tar means God wants it, chesed. These are the six emotions. So again, main Torah study is the revelation of the divine emotions and connecting our emotions to the divine emotions. But again, let me, let me put it this way. That Torah study is learning Torah like a child. You're motivated because you, had, you prayed. In your prayer, you came to a deep sense of an appreciation and desire of attachment to Hashem, how do you attach when you learn Torah? It's that kind of Torah study. And it's a Torah study filled with pleasure, delight, and, and, and uh, emotion. But then, that, so that's the Yud K Vav. But then there's still the hay of Hashem's name, the latter hay. As we learn in Hasidus all the time, the latter hay is Malchus. Shechina, Malchus. Malchus is the final attribute, the attribute of God that dominates and is the power of royalty, kingship over the creation. It's a feminine attribute. If we're going to be Lumude Hashem, students of God, it really means aligning on all four levels. Yud, Ke, Chachma, Bina, Torah study. And then the last one, which is the hay. So usually the hay is explained in most Memorim, in most Hasidis, the hay is explained as mitzvah observance. Because what's your attitude in mitzvah observance? What should be a person's attitude in mitzvah observance? Acceptance of the yoke of heaven. I'm doing a mitzvah because God said so. So that's like kingship. God is my master, I'm a servant. Simple obedience doing the mitzvahs. That's how you rectify your malchut, your kingship, or reveal your malchus and so forth. And establish Hashem's malchus in this world. Good. The chiddush in this mimer, the novelty in this mimer, is that he... And the mimer over here establishes the malchus element, the latter hay, also as Torah study. Not as mitzvah observance. Mitzvah observance he's going to introduce later. But over here he's still, he's talking about the hay, the latter hay of Hashem's name, attribute of malchus. But as an, as a, and the way to stimulate it, download it, Express it, reveal it, 
In, in this mimer, at least not at the beginning, he's not talking about mitzvah observance. It's Torah study. But Torah study with the yoke of Torah. Torah, because you, you don't learn a hundred times, you learn a hundred and one times. You're learning Torah not as a child, you're learning Torah as a servant. The Talmud says, what's the difference between someone who is serving God and someone who is not serving God? So the Talmud says, the difference between someone who learns a hundred times and a hundred and one times. Because by the time you got to the hundredth time of learning, you squeeze the lemon as much as you can squeeze it. There's nothing more coming out of that lemon. Basically, you have zero intellectual enjoyment. <laughs> by, by 96, you're still enjoying it. Maybe it's 97. Yeah, yeah. Get to 100, it's perfection of learning. You've reached the perfect state of learning. Why are you learning it one more time? Because God commanded you. Till now, there was a little bit of self, self-serving. You enjoyed the study. You liked it. It was pleasant. But now you can study Torah just because God said so. Because all of your own personal enjoyment you've already used up. <laughs> now it's because God said so. It's like the Chassid who came to the Tzemach Tzedek bemoaning the fact that he does not like to learn. It's so hard for him. And he, know, you know, whatever, and he knows how important it is to learn. And Hasidus is always saying how important and he just doesn't like it. So the Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek says, well, that's... So you have a problem, I have a problem. My problem is I love learning. You can now, you can learn. You can do the mitzvah the way you should. I love learning. Even when I do it 101 times, the Tzemach Tzedek found pleasure in it. So I, I have such a hard time learning, not for anything that I get, just for the sake of learning, but you're, you're, you're the lucky one over here. So that's, that's, Oiloi ulo shel Torah. That's Malchus. He's going to explain in the Mimer why, why that more than mitzvahs. Mitzvahs too, but for this particular necessity that we need over here, which is bringing peace in the world, that... That particular thing, conversion of the, is, requires this type of learning. This type of an observe. Learning Torah with Bittl. Because God said so. Euler shel Torah. Learning Torah like a servant. Then you become a construction worker. You're building the world, we'll see why. And that's Malchus. That's the latter hey. So that's what he's explaining now. He's going to explain now the difference. There's two types of Torah study. There's masculine Torah study and feminine Torah study. Masculine Torah study is learning Torah like banayach, like a son. You're, you're enthralled by the concepts, by the ideas. It's stimulating you. It's giving you pleasure. You're delighted by it. That kind of Torah study is a higher study. It's connecting to the vav of Hashem's name. The Vav is infinitely higher than the He. But precisely because it's so high, it's not having such impact down here in fixing the world. The impact that we need to have down here in this world is an inferior kind of learning, but it's really superior. The inferior kind of learning is learning because God said so. 
And that's a malchus kind of learning. It's a learning that impacts Sfiras malchus, not a learning that impacts Ze'er Anpin, the six emotions. That's what he's explaining. Now, 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 we'll, now we'll, it'll, it'll, it'll make a little sense of here. Let's see. Don't read it, Banayich. Oh, by the way, I'm just going to stop for one more second. And all these levels that we just spoke about is there in the Shema. We have God. Get, I mean, it it took two thousand years or three and a half thousand years until we got the three, you know to the Rukute Torah to to unravel this in the Shema that we should see it, have the eyes to see it in the Shema. But once the Alter Rebbe explains it, it's right there in the Shema. Well, what did we say before? The first thing is to pray, meditate. As we said, Yudke. First, you have to experience the. First, you have to have a connection to God. How do you do that during prayer? That's your yud ke. The yud and the hay of your neshama are stimulated through what? Meditation and prayer. And that's what in the Shema, that's what Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad means. You're meditating on Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, that's meditation. What is that going to bring you to being a son? Vahafta es Hashem You will love God. will be burning with love. Bina, Ben Yud K, the children of Yud K. The Yud K is in Shema Yisrael, and then you have the Bina, the Ben Yud K, the love that comes as a result of that. And what happens next? Vidibartabam, the Vav. You will speak in them, talk Torah. And that's the entire, the first paragraph of the Shema. Yud K, Vav. But you haven't touched the latter, hey. Only Yudkei Vav. It's masculine energy. Vahoya im Shamoya, the second part of the Shema, that's already Shekhinah. That's the latter He. That's why in Shema it doesn't mention one time servitude. In the Shema, in the, in the first paragraph, Vahafta Sashem, you should love, you'll speak Torah, you will do mitzvahs, but doesn't mention serving God. In the second parasha, and you will serve him. Serve him means you're, you're subservient to his interests. You're obedient to him because he's your master and you're his servant. Serving him like a servant. Like we spoke Monday night, we spoke all about a servant. An evid. This is the servitude. That's when we come to the this last part. This latter. Okay. So, be. Altik Rabbanayach Shubchenas Ava. Banayach is love. Shenik Reben. And on that level, you're called a son. Bchenas Ze'er Anpin. That's the level of the Ze'er Anpin. Remember, what's the Ze'er Anpin? Ze'er Anpin is the small face of God representing the six emotional attributes. Rubai Ma'achasadim. It's primarily constructed from what? From Chesed, we know that male and female. The difference between the chemistry of the soul of a man and the chemistry of the soul of a woman. The chemistry of the soul of a man. Now, again, there are exceptions, of course. Everybody's got their own nature. But in a very more, in a, in a general swoop, the chemistry of a man's soul is kindness, the giving. That's what the man has to be. He's supposed to be the mashpia, the giver. 
the chemistry of the woman's soul is primarily makabal, recipient. Recipient means you have vessels, you have containers, and you have boundaries. So the woman's soul is primarily built on gavura, which gavura is the power to break things down, to develop, to define. She needs that power to specify and to implement. That's the power of Gevura. And because her soul is rooted in the Shekhinah and Malchus, Malchus is primarily constructed on Gevuras to chop up the otherwise infinite energy of God and to deliver it in bite-sized pieces. For that you need limits and boundaries. So the, the, the Ben... Masculine energy, is, is, is mainly constructed from chesed. That's why, what's the energy in, in this Torah study, when a person is learning Torah with this masculine approach, it's mainly love. It's a study of Torah because of the, the love that you feel in it, the closeness. But Rabbi Lazar, in the name of Rabbi Hanina, says... Rabbi Yid, Jew, it's not enough. Altik Rabbanayach, don't give me Torah study what you enjoy. Alabbanayach, put on your construction clothing and go construct the world. Bonayach, be a builder, which is the world of Malchus. Malchus is already Binyan, the building. A woman, by the way, is called a Binyan, a construction. We say it in Vihiskin Loimi Menu, Binyan Adeyad, that the Abishta took from Adam Arishon, his rib, and he constructed from him, from him a binyan, a structure, an eternal edifice. Binyan, that's the woman. Binyan, she's a building. She's a, a binyan. That's what we also say on the woman, that uh, she's also called the home. The woman is the house. The house is a, is a structure. And the ultimate desire of God, God didn't create the world to have children. God created the world to have a home, a structure. That's the woman's world. That's the feminine world. So right over here, now it's interesting, learning Torah is such a masculine thing, yet in the end of davening we're saying, no, not masculine Torah, feminine Torah. Torah in the sense of, it's a sen- the Torah as it belongs to construction. Binyan. Rather, the Binyan. Binyan Hanukva. Now, it's interesting. When it comes to the world of Malchus, it says, um, oh, by the way, right when Hashem, this idea that the woman is related to Binyan, to structure, Right when God created Chava, I brought you a pasuk for His Kilomi Benu Binyan Adeyad, which is a pasuk which we from a bracha that we say by Sheva brachas, by a wedding. But really, it's in Chumash. When Hashem took the rib from Adam, what does it say? And He developed Chava. What is the words? Vayiven esatzela. And He constructed the rib. Vayiven. It uses the word Binyan, building. God constructed. And that's why we know also in Rosh Hashanah, for instance, we're busy building the world of Malchus. It's called Binyan HaMalchus, the building, constructing Malchus. Malchus is also called a city. 
Because Malchus is the world of speech. And speech is a bunch of... What is a city made out of? We spoke about this many times. A city is made out of stones. Stones are words. Spiritually, stones are words. And God constructs the entire universe and, and everything out of words. That's a construction. That's binyan. So the whole world of construction is in the, is in the female world. You don't see too many f- women construction workers. But it's really... Uh, the idea of it is... She builds. So binyan anukva. Oh, and but where is the building of gevura? The building of nukva who mahagvura is is all from the side of gevura. Discipline. The world of malchus is built from gevura. He's going to explain in a minute why malchus has to be built from gevura. You would think, come on, chill on the gevura. Let's. Why does she need to have so much gevura? We'll see why. It wouldn't work without it. It would be very dangerous. God would create a world without... Malchus would be built without Gevura. It would be the most dangerous world. In order to protect things, Malchus needs to be Gevuradik. And therefore, hold it. So now going back. That's what we mean, learning Torah in a way of Gevura, which means learning Torah out of disciplining yourself to learning Torah. With discipline. Not learning Torah with just out of enjoyment. Disciplining. Now he's going to explain why Malchus has to be so constru- so built with Gevura. And that's because Malchus is the power of God that is the most invested in creation. She's the source of creation. Since Malchus is the most invested in creation... And creations are what? Separated from Hashem. Or else you're not a creation, or else you're an extension of God. But when, in order to be a creation, you have to have an independence. Something other than Hashem. And once you give independence, you have, you're opening up what? A can of worms. Because once you give independence, free choice. You can choose good, or you can choose... You will end up with the good guys and the bad guys. And in order that the bad guys should not get too much power, where are they getting their power from? From their power source. Who's their power source? Malchus, the Shekhinah. Malchus. In order that they should not be able to get too much, and because then they would become, as we said earlier, they will become too powerful and too strong. And evil will thrive. So that's the reason why Malchus has to be very, very strongly protected with Gevura. She has to have a lot of discipline and a lot of Gevuras. She has to be able to say no. Sometimes people that are very kind have a hard time saying no. A woman has to be able to say no. She, She needs it. It's part of... And um, because the Shekhinah needs to be able to say no. As he explains, because Malchus descends down into the world of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, into the three lower worlds. And Malchus gives life and sustenance even to Klipas Noga. 
and even to things that are much lower than Noga, which are what? The three impure klipas. The Ebershter gives life, the Shekhinah gives life to Noga. Noga at least is a potential to be rectified. But the three impure klipas, they're gone. Really, really dark stuff. Vine Bekedusha and holiness, Pchenas Bittl. In Kedusha there is Bittl. What's Kedusha? What's the, what's, the, what's the differentiating mark between holy and the unholy? Kedusha, holy, the world of holiness is surrendered to God. It, it abnegates itself to the will of Hashem. In Klippa, the other side, Klippa, what's, what's the whole idea of Klippa? It's, it feels itself important. It feels itself that it has its own power. And therefore, it ignores, it, it rejects God. Pchenas Yesh, it's the opposite of Bittel. Bittel is surrender. Yesh means I'm a somebody, I'm something. But, so the Shechina, therefore, the Shekhinah, if the Shekhinah is giving energy to, to everybody, she's, she's giving energy even to the Klippas. That means she's supporting these entities that are yesh, that are full of themselves. But, since after all, they're still receiving their energy from the Shekhinah, and the Shekhinah is Kedusha, Shekhinah is, is Hashem. It's Kedusha. It's a manifestation of God. It's Kedusha. The epitome of holiness. Since Shekhinah is Kedusha, so even though she's delivering energy to the other side, if they would be totally antithetical to her, they couldn't receive. If they would be just 100% Yesh, without even a trace of Bittal, they could not receive from the Shekhinah. Because she's holy. And in her eyes, you have to be battle. You need to be nullified. You have to be surrendered. Okay? But, oh, so then how does the klipa receive? So it says that the spiritual klipa is not the ones down here. Down here you have people that are so lost in their own self, in their own existence, there's no space for God at all. There's complete denial of God. Because they can only they can only see themselves. So atheism, a total or whatever, a total a total not God is non-existent. In the spiritual realms, the klipas over there all have bittel. If they have bittel, how come they're called klipa? They're they're surrender. Their answer is, they know God, but they themselves are gods too. They call God the God of gods. They're a God. In their own perception, they have power. They perceive themselves as powerful, even though they know there is a much bigger God than them. But they see themselves as a God. So they're yesh with a little bit of bittal. Because they have acknowledgement that God that there is a superior power, they have a little surrender, that, that's what makes them eligible to receive it from the Shekhinah that is all, as he says. Ma she'enkem belu'umazeh on the other side, p'chenas yesh, dere yesh, v'afopiken, mach ma she'kabola shifa. Since they receive their energy, m'pchenas malchus de kedusha, 
Since, after all, said and done, they receive their energy from the Shekhinah, Al-Kain, and that's holy, Al-Kain, therefore, they call God the God of God. So it's the opposite of what I said. The same idea, but it's, but just the other way around. I was saying, in order for them to receive, they have to be bottle. And they have to admit so then he can give. Here he's saying the opposite. Because they're receiving from the Shekhinah, which is holiness, a little bit of bittle goes into their bloodstream. A little bit. So, so much, so much at least, that they'll admit that there is a greater God above them. That's in the spiritual angels above. Once, however, it translates down here into the physical klipot, as they meant, they can be total God deniers. okay. But here's the situation. Since the shechina is the the distributor of energy to the whole world, obviously it's very, very important that even though she gives, she sustains and gives life to the klipas, as we said earlier, and that gives them a little bit of bittle, but still, we don't want the klipa to get too much. We want it to get very minimal. We want the primary bulk of the flow of energy of, the, of Hashem should come to the side of holiness. So now, in order to achieve that, the Shekhinah has to have a lot of Gevura inside her, which gives her that constricted view to be able to discriminate. If she would be filled with energies of kindness, whose kindness are we talking about? The kindness of the Ein Sof. Eh. So there's some troublemakers. Eh. So they're massacring people. Eh. He's so beyond his kindness. He has so much. Give everybody. Because of his transcendence, because he's so infinitely above, all of existence is meaningless. Good guys, bad guys, all nothing. From there, there can be an indiscriminate flow. So therefore, in order for Malchus to be a successful distributor of the divine energy into the world without chas v'shalom overly supporting the unholy side, the Ebershter took Malchus and plugged her in primarily to the left side, to the side of Gvura. The left side of God sees much more, has much more discrimination, has much more discipline, and much more demanding. So that, because of that, it will, it will, it will look for worthiness and therefore deposit most of her accounts, most of her energy, to where it deserves. As opposed to being this indiscriminate check writer that will just write checks wherever, whoever wants. And that's the reason why he says Malchus has to be built on Gevura. Let's read it inside. From the perspective, from the, from the level of Atzmus, the essence of the infinite one, the one that doesn't have an end. It doesn't occupy any space, to differentiate, to discriminate. That the Shefa, the flow of energy, should not be drawn 
anywhere else but to someone that is surrendered. Why? Because he's so high, as we said earlier, because to him all is not. It's a pasuk that says, if you're, done, if, you, if, if you're righteous and you're worthy, what have you given him? He's God supposed to be impressed. And if you're bad, what are you harming him? He, God is so beyond the universe, so beyond, this whole thing is not, is, 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 is not even a speck on the radar. So what's happening here, good, bad, might just like be, in, be completely irrelevant. And therefore we also say, Shema mis that's why we say that a spider, as we spoke about this many times, a spider can hang around. A spider gets chased by every hand. Every hand wants to crush a spider. Besides, in the palaces of kings, they get away with murder. Spiders can hang out because no one pays attention to them because the palace is so big. As stated in the mime of Ish in Parshas Vayishlach, where there he explains... Why the Kalipas want to... I spoke about this last week too. Why the... Last class. Why the Kalipas always want to... The, the, the Kalipas are fascinated with high places. They always want to run to a very high place. Because height represents this indiscriminate place. And in that mind of Yibishalach Paray, where it explains the powers of Golos, where the Kalipas are very strong. Ah, in order that this should not be the, the case. In order there shouldn't be mismanagement of the funds allocated. So it's a very big favor that what? That Malchus has a very discriminated eye. Through the Gevura of Malchus, through the powers of Gevura that are in Malchus, who inyan smoil doiche, is that Malchus has the ability to say no. She doesn't have to open her hand to every beggar. And when bad guys, satanic dark forces come to collect, she can send them flying. Right? She can shut down the flow that it shouldn't go to the chitzonim. It shouldn't go to the other side. Those that don't have any bitl. Now she can't shut them down completely because then it would defeat the purpose of creation. She can't shut them down completely. She can't completely, you know, um, fire them or cut down funding completely. Because then there wouldn't be any more a choice of good and bad in the world. We wouldn't be able to. Rak betzimtzum. So you have to give them something, but just, you know, from the leftovers. Only betzimtzum. Only very, very little bit. And the reason they'll even get a little bit is Mishim de Makomakam Karalaya Since they have a little bit of bitl, since they still, since they have a little bit of bitl, you have to give them something. Because they call God, they admit, at least to some degree, they call Hashem the God of gods, as we spoke earlier. So there's a little bit, so they get a little. But because of the Gavur and Malchus, which means because of Malchus discriminating I, the Ikara Shefa and the main Shefa, the main flow, Yumshach Bemisha Batl, should be drawn dafka to, the, to those, to, to, to whoever is Batl, whoever is surrendered. The Hainu Bekadusha, it should go holiness. Malachim Unishamu, he said, should go to angels, the good angels, not the 70 ministering angels, and the Nishamas and the souls. That's where it should, and then it should trickle down to this world, to those that are serving God. That's the reason why Binyan of Malchus, the construction of Malchus has to be Dafka from Gevura. 
And the reason is Lafisha Yeredes Bibiyah. Because Malchus descends into Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, into the three lower worlds. Shesham Yesh Klipois. You see, the higher spheros, the higher attributes, they're not present in a, in a present way in the lower world. Even though God is everywhere, but they're not like functioning here as powers of sources of life. Hashem is here because he cannot not be here. But it's not a source of sustenance, the higher levels. Shechina is a source of sustenance to the lower worlds. The higher spherot, it's as if they're not here in, 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 in Bria, Yetzirah, and Asiya. They, it ex, the higher spherot exist in Atsilos. No, over there, there's no klipas. So over there, you don't have to have such gvura because you don't need to protect anything. Says, because she goes down in which over there there is clippers, so she needs protection. But in the world of Atsilos, we're the higher, we're the Zeir Anpen, where the masculine side of Hashem is uh, holding court, where his light is shining. Evil cannot dwell over there. It's beyond, we spoke earlier, it's beyond the tree of life of good and bad. It's, it's higher than that. There's no, there's no evil there. And therefore, you don't need protection of it. And that's the reason, he says, the amazing thing. Look in the Mimer, which is a Mimer in Torah, in Parshas Bereshis. Where over there he's discussing the blessings of a wedding. And during a Sheva Brachas, we say two blessings. Both of them having to do with God creating the human species. Two blessings for the creating, creation of the human species. And what is that? The first one is, That he formed man. Then there's another Brach, which is, which means, he created man in his form, and he prepared from him, that's the woman. So it's again creating a man. How come you have two blessings for the creation of man? The answer is one is the creation of man when man included him and Chava both in one. That's the first one. Yotzer Ha'adam. Ha'adam is Adam and Chava as they're one before they're separated. And the second one is now the emergence of two separate beings. That's Adam. That's separating Chava as a separate entity. Binyan, as we spoke earlier, construction. Adayat. That's Chav. Okay. Now one of the... But here's an amazing thing. One of the differentiate, the, differentiate, the differentiating features, differences between the first blessing and the last blessing, and, the, and this blessing, the latter one that we just mentioned, is that in the first one, it's a short bracha. Baruch Hashem, Adam. Second one is a long blessing. So you might say, why is that long? First one is, you might say, because maybe, maybe men are not so complicated. 
short Yetzirah, the woman is ready. A woman is first of all full of detail, that's the woman. But there's another idea. The main difference is that in the first blessing, we only have one time, Baruch Hashem, at the beginning. You open up with Baruch Hashem. In the second blessing, you open up with Baruch Hashem and you conclude with Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, Adam. So there is a chasima as well. A conclusion, Baruch Hashem. So why the second one has a chasima? So it's interesting. In the terminology of the sages, in the terminology of the sages, when you conclude Baruch Atta Hashem at the end of a blessing, when you conclude Baruch Atta Hashem at the end of the blessing, it's called a sealing. Chosein Baruch, you make a you seal, and that's the whole idea. If I'm sending you an email, I don't have to do it on a private server. Because I'm not afraid of hackers when I'm sending you an email that there's going to be a share tonight. Why? Because, okay. If some undesirable guest come over here to the share, good, we'll invite him in, we'll learn with them. I'm not so worried. But if I'm sending you maybe uh, my credit card or I'm sending some really, really, really sensitive information and we know that there are scavengers out there that are looking for a quick, a quick bite, a quick free lunch. So then I got to put it on a very, very secure server. Or in the olden days... If I was sending a very important information, I had to seal the letter with the king's seal. If it was sealed, everybody knew you can't mess with it. You can't open The difference between the short bracha and the long bracha is the first bracha doesn't have a seal on the end. It's open. Second blessing has a seal. Why? Because the second blessing is about the woman. The woman needs to be, have a seal because she's more, far more vulnerable. By the way, this explains so much the laws of modesty. That it is stronger by a woman than by a man. Because she's, so, she's a source of energy that has such, so, so available, so to speak, so immediate, so present in the world, that it could be misused. She needs to be more protected. Second bracha. It's the same idea that we're learning over here. How come the Zeranpin doesn't have to be built with Gevura? But Malchus needs to be built with Gevura, so she should be well protected. So that's what he's saying over here. Let's read it. The second, the latter bracha, Shekeneget Chava, the one that corresponds to Chava, not to Adam. Malchus, which Chava is Malchus. You have to also conclude, do a chasima. A, a ceiling with a baruch may hide time for the same reason. The first blessing, which is corresponding to Adam, which is the Zeir Anpin, 
Now we don't need to make a chosem, we don't need to make a signature for the reason we said. In the second bracha, we say, a construction, a building. Who is that? That's the whole idea that we're saying over here. It's Chava's world, constructing creation. Oh, that has to be protected. Oh, so now we understand why Malchus needs to be so, so much gvurin, as we said earlier. If not chas the forces that a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad guys can be very well supported. If you're noticing now in the world, but all the noise and all the screaming and everybody yelling and shouting, don't, I'm telling you, this is amazing. The Eberster gave us Hasidis, and we're supposed to put on our Hasidis glasses and look at the world through Hasidis. If you look at the world through Hasidis, then you don't look the world through CNN. And then you have a whole different take. I don't blame anybody because when you look at things bechitzonis without chasidus, it's it's you just don't get it. But when you look with chasidus, then you see. If you look at the world today, you're seeing that all the bad guys that were receiving a lot of support have been shut down. It's Mashiach already, completely kicked out. Up, kapunto. Iran is not getting anything. They're being. China that has been doing a lot of corruption, tariffs, boom, boom, no more. No more monkey business, no more of this stuff. Everybody's being put, being put in their place. Um, what's it called again? Um, the Palestinians? And we're giving them billions of dollars. Even New Zealand just announced this week they're not going to give money anymore to the Palestinian thing because of the corruption that was going on over there. Shutting them down. Kicked them out of Washington, shut down their, their offices, defunded UNRWA. And you know what else happened this week? I look at these little things and I go crazy. I mean, don't even realize. You don't even realize. People are telling you, that's unbelievable. People don't have what's going on. Keep, in other words, they keep on going back to CNN and CNN spins their brains back. I, I do an alignment, I fix everybody's heads one way. A week later, they watch CNN, boop! And it gets them back hooked up. Ah, this Trump I don't know about him. I know one thing. Everything that's going on right now is being, it's fixing the entire state of the Rishtal The point, what we're learning over here, the Kalipas may not receive energy. They can't. These are the bad guys. These are the people that are, that want to kill everybody. Yeah, that's exactly it. Iran wants to, wants to hurt the world. These mullah, these, these guys. The Palestinians want to come in. Hezbollah, these guys are very dangerous creatures. They need to be. So what happened this week in the news? The State Department. We always know in America, I, I spoke about this a long time, that America is like Klippas God. They were always like supporting holy. They, they, you can see America's mamash and eight sadas tovara, good and bad. Support this side, support that side, support this everything. Till recently. Now they went all the way. At least the, the noisemakers are still screaming, but the, the government is now. But one of the things in America that was always supporting the wrong side was the State Department. Secretary of State was always on the Palestinian side. That's where they had their, their, their hand in the government. It was always through the Secretary of State. Whether it was Kissinger, whether it was Baker, 
whether it was, I mean, all these guys, I'm talking about the Bush years, these, they, it was always the word, and then Clinton, talking about they had their power over there. And for some reason, the Congress was always pro-Israel, Congress, Senate, but the State Department was always in the wrong place. What happened now? Who is the, there's this guy, David Friedman, Shalom, Varav Shalom, Fried, Friedman means Shalom, peace. So he's the, he's the ambassador representing the State Department. You know what happened last week? <laughs> Sorry, I laughed so hard. They actually removed the Palestinians' name from an organization, from being even a valid organization in the State Department. Till now, they gave them money, they gave them all support. Recently, they started cutting. But at least their name was was that. They recognized their existence. They just deleted their name just two weeks ago. It doesn't exist. They were going crazy. They were, and the, the State Department put out a statement that they diminished it. It doesn't mean too much. But I tell you, it means everything. What it means is a total non-recognition. That means everything that's happening down here. You think the government makes decisions down here? It's all, it's all up there. And when they're shut down, it means that the clip of the real evil, the real ra, it's not receiving any energy anymore. That's why I mentioned two weeks ago, that's why these guys, these, 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 these uh, congresswomen were not even let into Israel. A lot of noise, it's quiet already. A week later, that's the, it's the crazy world today. I think, I think, you know, I think someone, somewhere in, someone in Washington is very smart. Do you realize all the scandals that were going on? They make a lot of noise for a week or two, and then everybody forgets, goes on to something else. Two weeks, what happened? Not, they didn't go and nothing happened. Do you know, I have any idea what kind of hak the tsarist we would have had from them going and taking pictures in all these places and, the, and, and, and showing like, oh, take a look and trying to highlight all the suffering of them. This would have been, would have been pictures that would have been enough to give them fuel for 20 years. For the Jew haters, for the Israeli haters. They didn't go, they, they bluesed a little bit, and nothing, nothing happened. That's the idea we're learning here. It's all the derivative of what we're learning over here. Shutting them down, cutting them down. So in order for this to happen, that Malchus should not be lax and very giving, there has to be in Malchus a lot of Gevura. But not just Gevura. Malchus has to be good. What's the Gevura based on? It's not just not giving, because then Chas Vashom, they won't give even to... If Malchus will become Chas Vashom stingy, and non-giving, meaning opposite of Chesed, then no one will have. Then it won't be good. We want there should be a flow, but only to holiness. Only where there is bitl. So how do we achieve that? So we need to draw that into Malchus, the Gevura, but a, dis- a discrimination based on bitl. Bittel is Chachma, Koyachma. So it's Gevura is coming from Chachma. Chachma has to deliver the Gevura into Malchus. And then Malchus measures everything based on Chachma. What's Chachma? Bittel, Koyachma. So that becomes the measuring factor. It's all based on do you have Bittel? You can receive. Don't have Bittel? Come back tomorrow. All based on Bittl. That's the reason I went. 
That's why the reason those that are constructing Malchus, think about it, those that want to fix the world, that evil should be broken and diminished, they have to learn Torah with, with servitude. And let's see why. Servitude puts them into the Wi-Fi of Malchus. When you're serving God as a servant, you're in the Wi-Fi of Malchus. You're now in the zone of Malchus. When you're studying Torah with servitude, you're drawing Chachma energy into the servitude, which is where Malchus. So you're giving Malchus the ability to be able to discriminate. And this is what he says over here, and this ray in Malchus, comes from Chachma. Because Chachma is Bittl. Al came therefore, Misham Nimshech Pchenezu, from that level comes this level, this, this Indian, Shaloyumshech Oirin Soif, that the Oirin Soif should not be drawn, Rak Bemisha Bottle, only to those that are nullified, those, those that are surrendered. Based on, like, like it's been written, based on the Reya Mehemna, which is the Zohar, Parshas Tisa, Avno Lamishkalba. We spoke about this Avno Lamishkalba also in the Kitatzer Esmo of Maimer, the Maimer that we were learning for a few weeks. That there is, remember we spoke that everything in this world comes in very measured. Kate Sam Lechoshech, that even the Klippas get measured and that has to come to an end. Everything is set with a, over there we call it the dark lamp. Remember? Well, one of the things he mentioned over there is also, it's also the scale that measures out. So it says Avna is, is Avna means a stone. That is, a, in a scale, you put a stone down on one side, which is your, your, your weighing stone. That stone is the Yud of Chachma. Yud is a dot, that's the stone, in which God measures out based on what? On, on Yud. Yud is Bittel. Based on how much Bittel you have, that's how much you get. Yud, this is the reason, Din. And that's also one of the reasons that even though Chachma in general is on the right side, Bin is on the left side. Chachma is on the right side. And the right side is generally the flow of kindness. Yet Chachma has an element of Din in it as well. Who's the Chayet? The Chayet was a great Kabbalist. And this great Kabbalist for some reason was known as the tailor. Maybe he was a tailor. Maybe his profession was he was a tailor, but he was, he was no ordinary tailor. You know, you came and you got your pants tailored by him. You, you were in a higher level. <laughs> like the Chayat says. Uh, that what? He says that Chachma has in it a, a, uh, a tinge of Gevura. Because that's already the level of Gevura. It's this measuring, this measuring instrument. Now it originates higher than Chachma. It originates as the dark lamp. That's the Gevura of Atik Yomen. It's the Gevura element that's in the innermost of the crown. That encloses itself in Chachma of Erech Anpin. This is the Gevura in Atik Yomen. That's in the Pneumius of Keser. 
that enclosed itself in the Chachm element of Erech Anpin, which is Chachm the closed Chachm. And from there it goes into regular Chachma, and from Chachma it's delivered into Malchus. And that's where the Shorish of Torah is. That's where the root of this, of this attribute, of this measure is, that the Gilui of the Oirin Saif, the revelation of the Infinite One, should not should be commensurate with the amount of Bittel that there is. If there is bittel, you get. If there's no bittel, you don't get. And that is what's crucial to Malchus. Because if Malchus doesn't have that, God forbid, the bad, bad, bad forces would be very rich and very powerful. And again, what we're talking about, to construct an empire for God, the bad guys need to at least be held in check. And here this amazing thing. The Pasuk says, Chachmas Nashim Bansa Besa. The wisdom of women build her house, has built her house. It's a famous Pasuk in Mishlei. The wisdom of women. So now let's, let's break that down. Women, that's Malchus, the Shekhinah. It's called Nashim, women. The wisdom of women, that's the power of Chachma. The, discriminate, the discriminatory eye that the woman has, that she gets from Chachma, that she can measure up based on Bittal, Bansa Besa builds her world. What's her world? Her world is the universe, is the, is the creation. And that she should support that which deserves to be supporting and not support that which does not deserve to be supporting. It's all based on Chachma. Chachma! She must receive a dose of Chachma. And that's why it's so crucial for those who learn Torah and draw the Chachma energy into Malchus. But again, if you're learning Torah out of, if you're learning Torah out of, out of pleasure and delight, then you're not tuning into the Wi-Fi of Malchus, so you're not delivering the download into Malchus. You're not delivering the download into Malchus. You're delivering it into the, into the Zeirant, and over there it's not necessary. This particular necessary chachma, that discrimination, is needed in Malchus. So you have to learn Torah with a Malchus attitude. Chachmas noshem beisa. Or there's another one. Bechachma yivne bias. With wisdom, a house is built. You need the wisdom. This drawing and this construction, al yadei, this is the point, oil Torah, the yoke of Torah. Not stop learning Torah, the yoke of Torah. Who is the one who set up the yoke of Torah? Who is the one who is like the source of this? To learn Torah when I don't want. To learn Torah with obedience. To, to set myself a certain measure that every day I have to learn, whether I'm tired, whether I'm not tired. Whether I, who's the one who set that up? David HaMelech. Neum HaGever Hukam Oil. It says in the Pasuk, he is the man, the words of the man, who has established the yoke. So the sages say, he was the one who established the yoke of Torah. Why? Because he is the Melech, he's Malchus. He needs it. He needs it for him to be able to run the government, to run the world. And that's why I said the Rebbe, who's the inheritor of David Melech, of Malchus, same thing. He's the one who established learning Rambam, which drives me crazy. 
<laughs> and it's funny, I'm going to make a confession. I never learned Rambam. I, 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 I am enthralled with this red book, with the, with the cool stuff. I love learning the cool stuff. All this Hasidus. Um, I Bechlal don't have such a forte in the revealed part of the Torah. My, uh, my enjoyment is more in the mystical side. Okay, gotta learn. But even in the, in the when, when you gotta learn, okay, so Gemara is much more enjoyable. So Rambam, I always, now, when I became a Chabadnik, the Rebbe made an institution, you have to learn Rambam. I struggled with it like no end. I would start and lose it, start and lose it, start and lose it. And the Rebbe made two, the Rebbe made two, two Rambam um, channels. One was to learn what he really wanted was every chassid to learn three chapters a day. The other one was to learn um, one chapter and finish it in three years. And to learn, you learn three chapters, you finish Rambam every year. So I, I forget the three chapters. Forget about it. But even the one chapter, I would start and get kind of a few, a few, uh, two, three months, and then lose it, and then start again and lose it. Until the last three years, three, four years, you, you, you know, I became far more Mashiachtig in my thinking. And I started. And then when I started recognizing my recognition of the Rebbe being Mashiach, and that's what I've been speaking about a lot and seeing it in the Sikhs and what he said, I started referring, seeing the Rebbe much more as a king, as a dominating being, that I have no choice whether I want to listen. I'm not doing it because I want I have, What do you mean? If he's the king, I have to listen. So it brought into me a very strong... And that's exactly when I started learning Rambam. And Baruch Hashem, I'm able to keep it up. And, uh, and, and, and even though it's very hard. But this is the... Uh, that's because... Yeah. That's why the men have to show up earlier to get that side. The ladies grabbed it already. Ah, there you go. Ubinyan Zen, the construction of this is Ayade Oil Torah, it's through the yoke of Torah. Upchenas Yiras, we said earlier, there's two ways of learning. You can learn out of love and you can learn out of fear. And for this particular thing, the motivation in learning has to be one of duty. The Isabareya Mahemna. You can take the whole pack. The ladies have not been uh, dealing with it too, uh, too kindly. You can run off with the pretzels. <laughs> but look, they're here already two hours and they didn't even think of the pretzels. And look at you, one and a half a minute and already you have the pretzels. That's good. The Isa Berei Mehemna, we learned in Rei Mehemna. The Dalad Madregis, there are four levels. Hey, it says in Zohar. He's now going to further the, develop the idea that Malchus, Malchus kingship is, is particularly connected to Chachma. The final sphere of Malchus and the first sphere of Chachma are deeply, deeply attached to each, to each other. Father and daughter are deeply connected. Chachma is called father and Malchus is called daughter. They have a very deep connection. So he explains it more in terms of our, our service. So in Zohar it says there are four general levels of service of God. It's fear, more like awe and fear, love, 
love and fear. And this is bought from the bottom up. That means for, 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 for beginners, it's fear. I know that, that, that you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't attract Jews with fear. I know that. It's not the, it's not, it's not the, that's still pre-beginners. Once you're in already and you see the beauty of Torah and you want to be a Jew, you have to start with obedience. You know, above everything, it's not whether I like to or I see it or I enjoy it or what. The bottom line is, if Torah says you got to do something, you got to do it. That's obedience. Once a person has obedience, then you entered your first entranceway into, into connecting to God, seriously. There's obedience. After obedience comes the next level, which is love. You begin to find deeper meaning and, and, and pleasure and delight and a deep love, Tasha. After the love comes love again. And what does that mean? The first love that a person attains is human love. You find it within yourself to love God. Through what? Learning about Him, meditating about Him, coming to an appreciation of the divine, and therefore loving God. That's where you come. But after a person reaches this level of love, that's called the small love, the minor love, they're suddenly imbued with a much higher love. And that is, Hashem's love starts shining in their heart. And when they merit to experience God's love in their heart, then their love to God becomes a love that's infinite. Because their fire and their passion becomes like a blazing inferno. That's called the big love. So the small love is an introduction. The smaller love, the minor love, is an introduction to the higher love. And then finally, after that you come to the higher fear. And that's the, that's the highest level. What's the highest fear? Not fear of some kind of a... Not even fear... Not fear of punishment. For sure not. But not even fear like God is the master and the controller of everything and I fear Him. Just rather a recognition so powerfully in one's soul of the all-pervading existence of God that there's no speck where He's not and you see, and it's, you're visible, you see him, that you, that you suddenly have a sense of complete shame in even existing. You don't even know what to do with yourself. You can't even be in this all-pervading presence because it's just, you feel so insignificant and unimportant and un, you don't know where to place yourself. Like the shame that one, one feels in the presence of true greatness. You feel very tiny and small and insignificant and that's called the higher fear. Total abnegation. And that experience of fear, it's as if you don't exist anymore. Okay. So it says an interesting thing. So now let's read over here. The Dalit Madregesem Tchilo, which is fear, Rudachimu, and love. Now corresponding, they correspond, the, the, the original fear, the first, the lower level of fear, the, um, the amateur fear, that's Malchus. That corresponds with that feeling of fear, you're connecting to God's attribute of kingship. The latter He of Hashem's name. Because these four levels correspond to the four letters of God's name. He, Vav, He, Yud. So you start with the lower fear. That's He, that's Malchus. The Vav, that's the love. 
That's the Ze'er Anpin, the second. You connect, through your love, you connect to the Ze'er Anpin, which is God's emotional aspect. And then you come to the higher level of love. That's associated with the upper hay of God's name, the former hay of Hashem's name, which is the level of Bina. That's where the intense love comes from. And finally, Udechilu and fear, the upper fear, the higher fear, the final reaching the goal of the highest level of fear, that corresponds to the Yud. The Yud is a tiny little dot which represents the total nullification. And it's the, it's, it corresponds to the level of Chachma. Chachma is Koyachma, the power of being completely abnegated. Nothingness. It's being recorded so I can... Bina v'chachma, we'll leave the questions for later. That's bina and chachma. What do you see from here? Nimtza comes out, the second level, the Ze'er Anpin, which is called, we spoke earlier, Ben. Ben is, is mass, male boy, male, male son. Pchinaz Ben, which is the son. Ava, which is the service of God out of love. What's the level that's above it? Where is it coming from? Where is the lower love coming from? The lower love is coming directly from the higher love. That means that the Ze'er Anpin is coming from Bina. The Ze'er Anpin is a child, is a son. It's a son from Chachma and Bina. Because Chachma is father and Bina is mother. But a boy is more attached to his mom. Mommy's boy and daddy's girl. That's the way it will work. Sharsha Mebina is rooted in Bina. Shugam came Pchenas Rechimu, which is also love. The Hainu, what is that? Avazuta, the minor love. Shesharsha, that's, that's the love of the Vav, of the Zeiranpin. And it's rooted, Me'avaraba, from the greater love. So the two loves are attached to each other. You find it also in Chumash that you have Avram's name mentioned twice in a row. Avraham, Avraham. And we know Avram is love. So love, however, both loves are attached to each other. So Avram, Avram is mentioned two times, one next to each other. You never have in the Torah Yitzchak, Yitzchak, or whatever, because fear is that. But in the love, because the two fears are not connected to each other. The lower fear and the higher fear are separated by the two loves. You can't go from the lower fear directly to the higher fear. It's the lower fear. The lower love, the higher love, and then the higher fear. But the lower fear, so even though that's at the bottom, now the lower fear is all the way at the bottom. On the lower, this is the way you enter, this is the beginning. But, Malchus, the lower fear, Malchus. Sharsha, its root is It's rooted in in the supernal fear. That's interesting. That Malchus, being the last, the lowest, there's another copy there. Malchus, being the last, being the lowest, is rooted dafka in the highest, in Yiri Allah, in the higher faith. Which is nullification, which is higher, higher than love. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu is considered a greater tzaddik and on a higher level than Avram Avinu. What's the difference? Avram served God out of love. The highest levels of love, but still love. Where there is love, there is a self. 
there is a very, very refined self, but a self. Moshe Rabbeinu served God in complete nullification, abnegation. He was not. He set him by himself, he's the energy of non-beingness, because he stood in the level of the higher fear the entire time. And therefore, so therefore, the building of Malchus, to construct Malchus, is, is from where do you, is Tafka from Chachma? And that's why we said earlier, these are the people that are called, those that are called Bonayech are also called, Bonayech means constructors of the world, building the world of Malchus. Which, as we said earlier, means that Malchus should be discriminating in who she gives and who she does not give, who she supports and who she does not support. Not a free-for-all giving to everybody, God forbid, and giving the wrong, giving the energy to the wrong places. You need to have the discrimination coming from where? From Chachma. That's why those people who do that are called Talmidei Chachamim. They are Talmidim, they're drawing from Chachma. We're into Malchus. Henikron, they are called Talmidei Chachamim, they're called students of Chachma. Because it's dafka through the power of Chachma, Yivne bias that the house is constructed, which is Malchus's house. And that's why we say that it's dafka in Chachma with wisdom. I'm holding a middle of the first page, page Lamed Aleph, a middle of the first um, column, um, about um, a third away from the end. Between it, the word, the line begins with the word chachamim, and I'm holding by b'chachma yasad aretz. In chachma is the foundation of earth. Avol koinein shamayim. What shamayim? Aretz is malchus. We know that because malchus is the last and final sphere that's called aretz. Shamayim is a heaven. Is a in more spiritual realm. Shamayim represents the six emotions. They're called Shamayim. Because Shamayim is made up of Esh and Mayim. Fire and water. And Esh is, we know, Gevura. And Mayim is water, is, is Chesed. So that, and these are the two primary emotions, Chesed and Gevura. That's Shamayim. So it's interesting. The Pasuk says, Bechachma Yased Aretz. That Chachma is the source for earth, for Malchus. Shamayim, which is heaven. Koinein, it's established. Bitavuna, which Tvuna is, is understanding, is Bina. So Bina is the source for Shamayim, and Chachma is the source for Oretz. Why? As we said earlier, Bina is the mother, she's the source of her son. Chachma is the father, he's the source for his daughter. Chachma Yasad Oretz. Shuubchen is Bonayich. So Bonayich, there's two things. Remember, what are we saying over here? There's Bonayich and there's Bonayich. We say it in Davening. Banayich is learning Torah. Also, we're talking about the same exercise, the same experience, Torah study. But a Torah study that's motivated by love and excitement, pleasure, you love to learn, or a Torah study which you do out of a sense of duty. So we're saying that the Torah study that you do because you're committed out of commitment in, is, is what is needed in order to construct the world. And that's why has, there has always been a, 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 a virtue amongst the Jewish people. In addition to Torah study, there's always been a very great virtue called Kviyas Itim Torah. Kviyas Itim means you set a time and no matter what, you're going to learn that half an hour. No matter how busy you are, no matter what's happening, you don't budge. 
That's your time where you're going to go to that cheer you're going to go. That's the commitment. And that's called bonayach. Then you're, because then you're learning there's a sense of discipline, a sense of duty, which is basically in, in, in its origins rooted in fear. There is, you know, there's certain things you got to do because you just got to do it because this is the way it is. As opposed to a child, you know, who gets away with stuff. So even if he's learning, he's learning because he, he, he likes it. He's enjoying it. There is a lot to that as well. But particularly now we're saying don't read it banayach, but read it bonayach. Okay. Now it's explained elsewhere. Once we're building the world of Malchus, what are we building? The ultimate, ultimate world of Malchus is the construction of Jerusalem. Yerushalayim is the capital of Malchus. So on the Pasuk of Boine Yerushalayim Hashem, that we're building, and who's Yerushalayim? Yerushalayim is Malchus. Shehu binyan, because that's the capital of the king. So it says over there, who builds Malchus? Boine Yerushalayim, the building of Yerushalayim, Havaya, is from Yudke Vavke. We just said that to construct Malchus, you need the energy coming dafka from Chachma. B'chachma yasadaretz. Dafka Chachma. Here we're saying, Boinei Yerushalayim Havaya, Yudkei Vavke. Which would seem that the building of Malchus is from all the ten spheres. From Havaya. Not dafka from Chachma. And more specifically, Havaya in this sense is generally called Teferes. It's called Havaya. As, as an attribute, which is the root, the core of the Za'ir Anpin, of the six emotions. So that's a lower level than Chachma. Chachma is higher. Chachma is called Abba Ve'ima, father and mother. Za'ir Anpin is Ben and Bas, Malchus' daughter, it's brother and sister. Here we're saying that Binyan of Malchus, and let, let's take it, when the Abishta constructed Chava, Chava is Malchus, Eve, from where did he construct her? Not from her father. He constructed her from her husband, from 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 the Zeiranpin, from Adam. Adam is there. So you see that what that the main construction of Malchus, the ten spheres of Malchus, are constructed from the ten spheres of the Zeiranpin, and we're saying now that it's built from from Chachma. So that's his question that he's asking. That the ten spheres of Malchus are constructed. From the Malchut level, from the kingship level of the ten spheres of the Zeir Anpin, each one of the ten of the of the of the of the spheres of Zeir. Now, by, by the way, not, not to confuse anybody, the Zeir Anpin has within it itself all ten spheres, because there's the Chachma of the Zeir Anpin and the Bina. So, in addition to Chachma as a parts of as on its own. Ze'er Anpin itself has Chachma of it. So, therefore, and in each one of, let's say, Chesed of, of, of the Ze'er Anpin has ten spheres. In order to construct Malchus as an independent parts of, as an independent power, it's taking from the Malchus of each sphere. The Malchus of Chesed is creating the Chesed Sheba Malchus. The Malchus of Gevura of the Ze'er Anpin, is bringing Gevura Sheb Malchus. So, so each sphere. That's what he's saying over here. 
Yeah, yeah. Ach koyach sheyia binyan zeh. You're right. The, the actual the developer of the spheres of Malchus are from the Zeranpin, but the power that he gets it is really from a much higher place. Ach koyach sheyia binyan zeh nimshich dafke mamakam elyon yoiser. The koach for this to happen comes from a higher place. Look in that mimer over there. Now we're saying over here, building Yerushalayim. In Jerusalem itself, there's two Jerusalems. There's two Yerushalayims. There's Yerushalayim Shalmata, Yerushalayim below, and Yerushalayim Shalmaila, and Yerushalayim above. So simply, if we were to say, what does it mean? Yerushalayim Shalmata means the Jerusalem that you can take a, a, a buy a ticket on, you know, an El Al and fly to Yerushalayim and go. The, the physical Jerusalem in this world. And then the Yerushalayim Shalmaila is the Malchus, the Shechina, which is the, the source of the Shalayim. That's how we would think. But he's really a step ahead of this. And he's saying, no, Yerushalayim Shalmata is Malchus. We're not talking about the physical Jerusalem. Even in the spiritual dynamics above, in the spheroes, Malchus of Atzilus, the, the, the tenth sphere of Malchus, is called Yerushalayim Shalmata, the lower Malchus. Because it's the Malchus already that's already part of Olamos, part of the worlds. It's already called Mata below. Yerushalayim Shalmaila, according to that, he says, is Malchus of the Ein Sof. That's way above Atzilus, way above Keter, way even above Adam Kadmon. Malchus the Ein Sof is before the first Tzimtzum. The Or Ein Sof, the infinite light that was shining before the Tzimtzum, that's called Malchus of Ein Sof. And that's really Yerushalayim Shalmaila, the Yerushalayim Shalmaila. So now, Vineyeshkam King Yerushalayim Shalmaila, Malchus the Ein Sof, which is the Malchus of Ein Sof. And the way to connect to that level of Malchus is not through. The way to connect to the lower Malchus. How do you attach yourself to the lower Malchus? Malchus of Atzilus? That's through simple obedience. Simply listening, mitzvahs, doing a mitzvah because God said so. He's your boss. That's Kabbalah's oil. That's, as we said before, the lower fear. The lower fear means he's your boss, you're surrendered. However, the experience of Malchus de Ein Sov is what that, if that's sensed in a person's neshama then they also have fear, but not the fear of the lower fear of a king, of a power, of a ruler. It's the, it's the fear of Yiri Allah, the higher fear, as if to the point where you, don't, you, can't, you can't even exist in the presence of it. It cancels your being completely. You become ayin ve'efes, absolute nothing. It's called Yiri Allah. Malchus Ha'insof, Yiri Allah, that's the higher year. And what did we say earlier? But the two of them are related. We said before, Chachma and... And in general, that's the level of Chachma, Koyachma, Yiri Allah, the higher fear. And we said earlier that, that, that Dafka, that through Limuda Torah, that we learn Torah, we connect these two, these two Madregas, Chachma to Malchus. So that's the idea, Ki'ir Shechubra lo Yachdav. We say in Davening, like the city that's attached. The idea of attaching the two cities means that Yerushalayim Shalmata needs to be attached to the Yerushalayim Shalmaila, to Yerushalayim above. That attachment comes through connecting Yira'ilah, the higher fear, with the lower fear. And that's established, as we said before, Limud HaTorah, with, out of a sense of duty, with Bittal.
Boy Nayach, we spoke earlier. Par de Sharma Husvanaga Perigam Dirushalayim Shamaila Hubina. Okay. Im Ken Yesh Loimar, Pinish Boy Nayrushalayim. What does it mean, Boy Dirushalayim? Laham Shikh Toisvis Oyer. To draw down added light. Mirushalayim Shalomaila from Dirushalayim above. Malchus de Ain Soif. The Malchus of Ain Soif. Bi Yerushalayim Shalmata. In the Yerushalayim below, Malchus Tatsilus. To connect the two Malchus. Malchus of Atsilus to Malchus of Ain Soif. Leois Kiir Shechubrilo Yachtov. That the two Jerusalems should be attached together. Hainu is Chabrus Yerushalayim Shalmailo. Bi Yerushalayim Shalmata. Connecting the upper Jerusalem to the lower Yerushalayim. What's the toichen of that? What's the content of making that chibur? So now the Rebbe is going to, the Alter Rebbe is going to introduce an Indian similar to what we said before, but really the opposite. And we'll see why in a moment. Early we were saying the reason why we have to draw down chachma energy into Malchus is because Malchus conducts the affair of this, of this world. She is the ultimate distributor of energy to everybody and to everything. If Malchus does not have energy of Chachma, she's lacking in her discrimination. And then she would be what? Very, very kind-hearted. And she would be giving life and energy and support to the bad guys. And then the forces of evil in this world, the corrupted forces, it would be extremely powerful. And then we would have a very, very, very bad world. In order that and the wicked would the wicked would prosper, and the wicked would become mighty and strong. So, in order for that not to happen, we need to have a discriminate a, a powerful discrimination element going on in Malchus, and that is through bringing chachma. Chachma is measures everything based on bittel. You have bittel, you deserve to get. You don't have bittel to God, you don't have surrender, abnegation, you don't get. So that's why you need to draw from chachma to Malchus. So in a sense, the reason, according to this, the, the, the reason for this limud ha-Torah, connecting the Chachma to Malchus, learning Torah with Bittal, which as we said before, is that, is that method of bringing Chachma energy into Malchus, so is needed in order to stiffen Malchus up. Or else she might be a little too, uh, too loose, you want, to, you want to make her a little more rigid so she's more careful in where she's delivering her energy. Now we're going to learn the opposite. That the drawing down of Yerushalayim Shalmaila, the higher energy, the higher Jerusalem, the Malchus the Ein Sof, into Malchus, is to weaken the rigidity. It's, it works two ways. On the one hand, you want her to be rigid and, and in a sense, very... Um, very, uh, very thoughtful and very mindful in where the energy goes and very demanding. But on the other hand, the Gevuris and Malchus get too strong, then there's uh, problems for everybody. Then the discrimination and the, the demanding, the, uh, the, the, the worthiness that she demands can become absolutely, that no one deserves. So you, at, at, then you want to like the opposite, draw down a, 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 a flow that opens up a little bit, and even deeper than that, not just that allows Malchus flexibility, but that the 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 the, the revelation of Malchus the Ein Sof, of the Abishter's absolute existence, should be funneled into Malchus 
not just that there should be more revelation, but there should be more, more revelation of the absolute truth of the Eibishter in, in the creation, so that L'Chathchila, the Klippas that are here in the lower worlds, become completely blasted, are completely nullified. Because here's the thing. In the face of the truths of God, there's a Pasuk that says, Harem Kadoinag Namasu, we say tomorrow night. The mountains melt like, like wax. The mountains are referring to the Klippas, the powerful forces that are full of themselves. As long as there is no Giloy of the Abishters, see, as long as God is manifesting only as a king, which means, as long as the Abishter is manifesting only as a melech, which a melech means, what does a melech mean? He is a king, but he leaves room for others to exist. Then, that, that which is rebellious against God can also exist. But if the Abishter's deeper truth, that he is and there's none but him, comes through the filter, if the filter is not such a strong filter, and some truer divine emes comes through, that it is felt in this world that he is and there's none but him, they completely melt. So ultimately, in order to eliminate the, the forces of unholiness of this world, you want to create kind of a weakening of the filter to allow more Gilui Elokus to come through Malchus. Yerushalayim Shalmaila, the higher Jerusalem, should be revealed in the lower Jerusalem, so that, we'll see that over here, the Indian, let's read it inside. The Inimavur Lamaila we explained earlier. Sheyesh Pchinas Kava Mida, there is a measuring dial. Shal Yodo Inimshech Kol Ahamshachis. All the Ahamshachis are, all the flow, all the energy is being very particularly measured. And whatever is being delivered is in accordance commensurate with the nullification. And therefore, in Chachma of the world of Atzilus, which is the highest vessel, Chachma, it's the first recipient of the, of the highest world of Atzilus, since Chachma is Koyachma, total Bittel, over there the Oren Sof dwells. Because the Oren Soif has a keli. What's its keli? Its keli is the absolute bittel that there is in Chachma. Lefishu b'pchenaz bittel, because in Chachma is perfect bittel. Valderech zeh b'chol atzilos. Now it doesn't remain only in Chachma. It travels through all the spheroes of atzilos. All the attributes. It permeates all the attributes. Because we know that atzilos is dominated by Chachma. Meir, that's why it's called Atzilus. Atzilus means it's close to God. And the closest to God is the Bittel. Meir, in the entire world of Atzilus, it has the, the, the flavor of Chachma, the, the, the energy of Chachma. But in the three lower worlds, Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, Shamein, Meir, Habitel. Since the whole point of Bria, what's Bria? Bria means the creation is already thickening. The creation begins to take itself a little more seriously. And in Yetzirah, it becomes even more formed. And in Asiyah, the creation becomes completed, which means we become completed in our beingness. And what does that do? That makes us be more self-aware and less divine-aware. See, the more self-aware we become, the less we are conscious of God. 
and therefore there is less bittel. The less bittel, the less the, the, the Orin Sof can dwell here. It's not like it is in Chachma Vatzilus. Bittel Amiti, there is no real bittel in the lower three worlds. Rak Bittel Hayesh, there is a bittel in the lower world. But it's only a bittel of Yesh. Yesh means I am, but I recognize God. As opposed to being completely abnegated to Hashem as if you don't exist. There's less revelation. And therefore, so basically what we have now is a differentiation. Atzilus is dominated by Chachma. There is a powerful Gilui of the Orein Sof, which enhances, in turn, it enhances the Bittel. It works, it's a, it, it works one, one feeds into the other. Because they're Bittel, that's why the Orein Sof manifests there. Where the Orein Sof manifests, it makes them have even more bittel. That's the world of Atzilus. But the three lower worlds, Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, these three worlds are so, are thick. And because of that, Orein Sof cannot reveal itself in that because they don't have bittel. Because remember we said earlier, the measuring, the, the, the deciding factor is bittel. You have bittel, there's... Ulechein, Pchinas Malchus. Now what's Malchus? Malchus is Atzilus. But Malchus is also the mother of what? Of the three lower worlds. So Malchus acts as the transitioner between the world that's totally bottle and the worlds that are not bottle. That's why in Malchus itself, the degree of Orein Sof is much less than in the higher spheres. Malchus itself has much less revelation of Orein Sof in her than the, than the previous spheres. Because Malchus has to serve as the source for the lower worlds, so therefore she is less bitter. And that's why Malchus, especially when Malchus descends lower into the three lower worlds, when she encloses herself in the three lower worlds, Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, the Orin Sof is, does not reveal itself in, 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 in the three lower worlds through Malchus. Ah, that's the way it is. That's the way it is, the way God set up the system to begin with. That's the, that's the factory settings. That's the way God set it up in its initial state. After God created the world, we can change that. It's all up to us. And our, we have the dials. We can turn it, we can max or we can minimize. We can turn it to max means we can increase the orange soul flow through all the world. But what's more, what, we, what we're concerned about the most is that it should come into the Shechina, into Malchus. Because once it comes into Malchus, it will reveal itself down here. And that's what we want. And then automatically, what, is it, what happens? The worlds are filled with divine blessing. There's an abundance of blessing for everybody, but also there is less, there is more awareness of God in the world. Or, God forbid, we can turn it to minus. If we turn it to minus, we decrease Hashem's presence in this world even more, even less rather than what it is to begin with that Hashem set. It's all dependent, and that's what he says over here. 
even though on the last line in the first paragraph, even though the Maimer Kavamida, this measuring one, Nimdad measures how exactly should be the revelation in each world? Lifi Erikoi, according to the capacity, according to the condition of that world, Kineska, as we said earlier, in a Kolze, all of this, all of this was in the beginning when God set the system to begin with, as we said before. This is the way Hashem initially set it up. But afterwards, based on the deeds of us, of the lower worlds, yes, shinuyim that causes fluctuations and changes, bekava mida in the in this measuring element, lepa'amim at times mayor betoisviz gilui, at times it shines and it illuminates with added light, begilui or with more revelation, bechol aishtal shulos in all the evolving worlds, the abiyah of atzilus bri and yitzir and asiya, at times it like floods. And there's so much more light in all three, in all four worlds. Ayadei is gabrus, and what causes it? Ayadei is gabrus lamato. When we down here intensify tshuva, our repentance, umaisim tovim, and our good deeds, the Torah, and when we study a lot of Torah, utfila, and when we intensify our prayers, utzedaka, and when we do a lot of charity, we increase the flow throughout the system. But then it works the other way as well. And at times, it shines in a way that it's decreasing. When the generation is not kosher. means when the generation is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. All of this is stated in the writings of the Arizal. In the intentions, in the kavana that there are, in the meditations that he gives for Shabbos. He explains over there, Adamarishon, through the sin of Adamarishon, Yardua Olamos Harbe, the worlds descended a lot, which means they were very diminished. What do you mean they descended? Descended doesn't mean you go higher or lower. It means less godly revelation in the worlds, severely diminished. But afterwards, when Adamarishon did Chuva, the Shabbos, and also on Shabbos, Nitakein, it was corrected. It was fixed. It wasn't fixed completely, but it's a fix, you know, for much better what it was. Now the next time we went like, and the world descended horribly, was when Jerusalem was destroyed. Because Yerushalayim is the capital, that's Malchus. And when God is dwelling in Jerusalem, means the Orient Sof is shining there. When Yerushalayim was destroyed, what does that mean? That the orange Sof, God Himself, God lifts His feet up from this world, pulls in, and His revelations go up higher and higher and higher. Hashem retracts kind of into Himself. And uh, He's not communicating and revealing Himself in the creation. When Jerusalem was destroyed, Histal Kusa'or, the light departed Mizun from Zuchrenukva, from the Sphirot, the male Sphirot, and for sure from the female Sphira, which is Malchus. Like it says in the Zohar, Kuchibirichu Hashem, Akadish Baruchu, Salik Le'ela Le'ela departed higher and higher. He pulled out of Malchus and he pulled out of the Ze'eranpin, away, away, above, above. And, and, and because of this, Holiness in the world became much weaker. 
And what became stronger, the Shechina that's left down here, is now becoming more vulnerable to that which is negative in the world, and they sort of kind of steal her energy. As long as the Akadish Baruch Hu, the Orient Sof, is shining in, 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 in Malchus, in the Shechina, the Klippas are terrified. They can't come close. But when the Orient Sof pulls away, and there's still, there's still, there's still godly light in Malchus, because it's still Malchus, but it's much weaker. And now she's vulnerable for hackers. And that's what happened. They hack her, and then Rome becomes so powerful. That's when Tzur, the sages say that the city Tzur is the antithesis to Jerusalem. When did Tzur become powerful? When did they rise? When Jerusalem fell. Which means it says further from the destruction of Jerusalem. So now what's our Avoida? Our Avoida is Boine Yerushalayim. We need to reconstruct Jerusalem. Which means what? How do we build Jerusalem? Bringing the orange self back down into Yerushalayim. What is that going to do automatically when we draw Boine Yerushalayim, Binyan of Yerushalayim, connecting the upper Jerusalem to the lower Jerusalem? The, the, the orange self flowing back down. Binyan Yerushalayim. Laham Shech Toisvis Or Bebchenas Malchus. To add more light in Malchus. Makar Dibiyah, the source of Briyat Zir Nasiyah. Atsheyye Gamlamata Gilio Erin Saif Mamish. So that there should be down here below the Gilio of the Erin Saif. Kamashakasav the Asad Lava. Now, when is that going to happen? That there's going to be Gilio Erin Saif, revelation of the infinite one down here? Well, it says when Mashiach will come. Suddenly, God will turn on the lights and we will be filled with such powerful godly aware, awareness. And we will all be running and looking for a cave to hide in. So I have already my cave, and I'm not telling you where it is, but you better go find yourself a cave, fast. It says people will run into caves, into the clefts of rocks. Because of the dread of God. They're not going to know where to go. They're going to run and hide. There's going to be such a powerful revelation. Oh, so again, so what's happening? You realize the difference between these two pirushim? And this, and this is Binyan Yerushalayim. Binyan Amalchus. Bonayach. Al-Tikra Bonayach. Elobonayach. Building the world of Malchus. What's the difference between the first Pirush and the second Pirush? His first Pirush that we had earlier was that the way, and both of them we do the same thing. We accomplish it through, through Torah study out of a sense of duty. Not Torah study because it's Kishmak. Learning Torah because you have to learn. In both cases, it's through that level of Limit Torah. But the, the, the Indian that we're accomplishing in Binyan Yerushalayim is two, two, two methods, two Inyanim. One of them is, the second one that we just learned, is adding much more light from above into Malchus, which automatically will cause the Klippas to, to lay off her. Automatically. When there's more light in Malchus, the Klippas pull away. And then the energy goes to Kedusha and the hackers are, are electrocuted. Goodbye. The other way is to draw down discriminating energy, gvura, into Malchus, even without the revelation of the Orein Sof. Just drawing down powerful, disciplining powers into Malchus that she can fight off the uh, fleas that are coming at her or the, uh, the jackals that are trying to attack her, the hyenas that are coming for her. Uh, she's able to fight them off because she has... Those gavuras. In either case, it's, it's similar, the same idea. 
that she should not chas v'shalom give life to that which should not be supported. Ubinyan zam this binyan why they oil Torah through the yoke of Torah. I am ashakasu apasik arisi moiri im besami. Bezau gamkin inyan yira shalom shanim shachal yaday Torah. This is also the idea that we speak about complete fear. Because we're dealing over here with the gilui of Malchus the Ein Sof, which brings the higher fear, which comes through Limud Torah. Okay, in that mimer, he explained, we learned that, that mimer actually this year. We learned the mimer, put me like a signet. Remember, if you, you'll, you'll remember this. We learned the mimer, we were talking about the difference between a two types of seals. A seal with... with um, letters um, um, protruding outwards or a, bo- a bold seal or an inward seal. And we were learning that it depends whatever our Sarusa de Latata is. When our arousal from below is with love, that means we're inspired to serve God based on our self, we feel we want, then we are the emboldened seal. Because we are protruding outward. What does that cause to God? That causes a, Hashem reciprocates, He reveals Himself, but a more softer revelation. It's an indented revelation from Hashem. So it doesn't really, it's not so intense. So it doesn't affect the world in the same way. If our service to Hashem, however, is a service of bittel, bittel meaning nullification, which means our primary motivation to serve is out of because Hashem said so, not because we we enjoy it. Not because it's more out of a sense of duty and bittel. Chassidus highlights fear. This this idea of fear very strongly. So our avoda is saturated not with self, but it's saturated with nullification. So we are then indented. Indented means it's not about me. So I'm I'm like digging into myself, creating space in a space where otherwise I would be present. I'm creating a, an indent. Not me. So why does that allow for God's end that He should reveal Himself as an emboldened revelation? And that's a much stronger revelation. And that revelation causes the higher fear. Total comes, And that's the idea of learning Torah bibitl. That's why he's that's why he's highlighting it so much over here. Not the Bonayach. Bonayach, but rather Bonayach. Banayach is learning Torah, as we said before, like a child, feeling connected, you know, that, 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 that idea. From the Amshacha that comes through in a Shalmomata, when from down here we have a projected Pchenas Ava out of love, complete fear, the Asik Torah through the study of Torah. Now, the next piece is really what I was very excited about. What does the sages say? Talmidei chachamim marbim shalom be'olam. Torah scholars increase peace in the world. And they bring this pasuk. V'chol banayich l'mudei Hashem v'rav shaloyim banayich al-tikro banayich elo banayich. So we discussed this in the beginning of the class. That it's calling for a particular method of Torah study, which is banayich, which will, which brings about the ultimate peace, rav shalom, abundant of peace, a lot of peace. When will peace come to the world? 
So everybody says, when we'll resolve the Palestinian conflict, when we'll split Jerusalem, when we'll give the Palestinians half of Jerusalem, then we'll have peace in the world. We learn over here the exact, and therefore people say that the ultimate impediment to peace is Jerusalem. Yerushalayim is the city of peace. That's what I spoke about earlier in the beginning of the class. It is the peace. And only from Yerushalayim will come peace. Because it's, it's, it's Shalom. Shalom is peace. It's the city of peace. But we need Binyan Yerushalayim to have peace. And that will bring Rav Shalom. Boinayich, those who build Jerusalem, will bring Rav Shalom. Now, how do you read the word Rav Shalom? The simple meaning of the word Rav Shalom means a lot of peace. Doesn't really make sense. What do you mean a lot of peace? Peace is peace. A lot of peace. And a little bit of peace. Peace is not something you have a little or a lot. It should be peace. A lot of peace. He says you're not reading it right. It's not verav shalom together. If you, if you follow the trup, the trup a lot of times gives us insight into how you're supposed to, which words are more attached to each other and which words are more separated. The, 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 the trup under the word verav is a tipcha which goes this way, which means it's, it separates. Rav Sholem. So you're not supposed to read it Rav Sholem as one thing. It's Rav and Sholem. And as I explained earlier, it means that the Rishus Harabim, Rav means the Rishus Harabim, the forces that till now were we're, were completely at odds with God, Rav, the forces of Esav, what does Esav say? Yeshli Rav, I have a lot. Esav is the ultimate epitome of what? The lack of peace. Esav is a man of war. You will live on your sword. Conqueror. War. Battle. The idea of a Rav Sholem really means that Rav, Esav, shall, shall make peace. Esav should turn around. Should be transformed. Kalipa should become aligned with holiness. Conversion of darkness to light. That's the meaning of Rav Sholem. And that Rav... It's, from Rav should become Sholem. The opposite. That idea that that should happen requires this, this correction that we spoke about earlier. The Bonayich type of thing. This brings Rav Sholem. From the power of Rav, Nasa Sholem becomes peace. And that's why the song, the trop, on the word Rav Utipcha, is the song of a tipcha, which, 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 which explains the reason it is that way so that it should be clearly understood. But that when we say the word verav, it stands on its own. When you know the reason of the word, of the, on the understand the meaning of the nagina, of the song, of the note of the tipcha, it comes to end something. And separate something. If the tipcha, which is this song, if this was not mavdil, if this was not separating, then it would have been read v'rav shalom that rav and shalom are together. It's like the, the other pasuk shalom rav, a lot of peace. But now our pirush v'rav u'inyan b'fnei atzmoi. Verav is an Indian on its own. Verav is referring to the forces of Klippa that are called Esav. Turid, the Prud, the mountains of separation. Rishus Arabim, 
They are the Rishas Arabim, the public domain. So this Rav is now converted and makes peace. That he gets purified. The Yuchlal and Esav himself becomes included. He becomes included in the unity of God. That Rav comes to the. This is the Yeshua. This is the. We're being saved. Saved from who? From all the Klippas. That's because the Klippa itself, the chief of all Klippas, which is Esav, is converted to Kedusha. And that's the idea that the pig is going to become kosher one day. Who's the pig? The pig is the Esav. The pig of the forces of Klippa. The Inexiv, it says in the Pasuk, Yecharsemeno chazir miyoar. Yechasemena means they will trample it, I think, or destroy something completely. Who? Chazir, the pig, miyar, the wild boar, miyar from the forest. The Pasuk and Tehillim. Speaking about a wild boar in the forest that tramples on something and that devours something. So who is this wild boar? That's Esau. And the word miyar, the forest, has a has a the letter ayin is tuluya, it's hanging. That means it's not set in the word on the line. The word yar is higher up, it's hanging. It's not, if you look in a tilim, you'll see the word mi yar. The ayin of the word yar is not even with the other letters, it's a little bit hanging above. Why? I think it's also a large ayin, and it's hanging. The reason for that is because this is the secret and that ayin is the secret from where the 70 nations have their energy. Led by Esav. Ayin is 70. Where, do they, where does Klippa Bechlal exist from? Where do they even, how do they even appear? That's because if everybody remembers the concept of the Shvirat HaKelem, the shattering of the vessels. And what broke? Which vessels broke? The seven midot broke. The seven attributes broke. Which seven attributes? The lower seven attributes of Bina of the world of Tohu. That's where the collapse happened. The Shvira Sakelem happened. In the world of Tohu, in Bina, the seven, the seven attributes over there fell. And uh, once they collapsed, these energies become the source for the 70 nations, for all the Klippa that there is. Our avoda needs to be to purify, separate, clarify the, the good from the bad. That's what we do through living, to learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. We separate good from bad. This pasuk that's speaking about the chazer, the, the, the wild boar, which is Esav, where does he have his energy from? He gets his energy from this ayin. Ayin is 70. And, in, it's, and if you reduce it to single digits... Ayin is seven. It's the seven midot. That's the source of this seven. This, and the reason why it's a large ayin, because it's the seven midot of the world of Tohu, which was large. Or of Bina, which the letters that are in Bina are large. These are the seven lower attributes of mother of Bina. That's where the shattering of the vessels took place. 
In the name Sag. We discussed this many times that there are four manifestations of God's name. 72, 63, 45, and 52. These are all the numeric value of Shem Havaya when you put in the Miloi, the hidden letters. 52, 45. So each one of these, of these numbers are associated with this whole process of Toyu and Tikkun. The broken vessels that are down here in the world that need to be rectified as they're manifest now are associated with the name Ban, 52. The source from where the broken vessels came from, from the world of Toh, where the energy was very intense and that's why it collapsed, that's 63. So 63 is the primordial world of intense godliness which caused the collapse. So 52 is after the collapse. 63 is prime, the source from where it collapsed from. 45 is the power of Tikkun, Koach Ma, Ma is 45. The power that corrects the sparks. 45 fixes, so the way it works is like this. 45 fixes 52 and then elevates it to 63. And once that's accomplished, then 72 can be revealed. That's when the whole that's already happens afterwards. That's the world of Mashiach. Post everything is the revelations of the of the realms of 72. And when you want to do with the numbers, but that's it has to do with these the various different divine lights. The seven kings of Toyu. Which we know in Chachma, in Chachma, because Chachma is Bittel. There's no Shvira in Bittel. There's no shattering in Chachm. If you look in the word Shema, you have a large ayin. What's that big letter doing in the Shema? An oversized letter of ayin. Why? Because what are we doing when we're saying Shema? Shema is really our, our declaration of God's unity. And we do it twice a day. Because we're living in a world that's not unified. We're living in a fragmented world. And each and every single one of us, every single day, needs to go out into the fragmented world and take some of the materials of this fragmented world, put it into our basket, and bring it in. When we say the Shema, bring it into the unity. That's what we're doing. We're bringing from the outside scattered world into the world of unity. That's what it means to be Jewish. And we say Shema. That's why in the word Shema we have the large ayin because we're lifting the sparks from the scattered world, from the world of 52, back to the source of the seven midot in the world of Bina, of Toh, where there were large seven midot, ayin, the large ayin. We're lifting everything back up to its source. That's the ayin from where, from where we're bringing it to. Shame ayin. Um... He explained why it's a large letter because we know that there are three size letters. There are small font letters. Most of the letters are, in the Torah are middle size. And then there's some, sometimes we'll find a little letter in the Torah like the base of, the base of, um, not the base, the, 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 no, the Aleph of Ayikra, for instance. Or the Chaf of the word Lifkosa. By... So these are small letters. And then sometimes we have a large letter. 
like the ayin of of of, of Shema or the Dalit of Echad. It's a large letter. So it's explained like this. It all has to do with different dimensions of existence. The large letters are in Bina. The middle regular letters are in, the, in Teferis and Ze'er Anpin. Small letters are in Malchus. Since Torah Shabiksav is in Teferis, the written Torah is from Teferis, that's why most of the letters in Torah Shabiksav are regular size letters, because Teferis are regular. But sometimes there is like some things from a higher world that are there. They fall into the Torah. Suddenly something from above the Torah falls into the Torah. Right? That's the idea. It's cool. In any case, But when we fix the Shviris HaKelem, when we fix the shattered vessels, We're elevating from the name, the name 52, And we're elevating, shame. Aha. The word shh. Here's a good secret. People like cool stuff, so I'm giving you cool stuff tonight. The word shema comes from the word shem ayin. Shem, shin mem, ayin. What's the shin mem? Let's do the gematria. Shim mem. Shin and a mem is how much? 340. 340. 340 is the exact gematria of 288. How many sparks of holiness are there when, they, when, the, whole, when the sparks shatter? 288. That's the amount of sparks. And it's rooted and it's related to which name of God did we say earlier? The shattered vessels. To the name of 52. So let's take 288 and add 52. 288 plus 2 is 290. Plus 50, 340. So watch this. Shame, from the word Shema, shame, represents lifting up the 288 sparks which are rooted in the name 52. So that's why shame is 52 plus 288. Lifting it where? Back up to the, to the primordial world of Ayin, the large Ayin in Bina, of 63, which is up there in that in the world of Bina, lifting it back to the source. That's and that's what we're doing when we're saying Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeinu, Hashem Achod. We're gathering all these sparks, all the Nitzutzikadusha back to its source, and that's shame ayin. Two eighty eight plus fifty two makes up shame, and then I ban v'reish peches shenichlulu b'zayin tatan de'ema ayin abos. Oh. But, so where are the klipas in the end, the forces? Where is Esav? Esav actually starts with an ayin. Because he, he's the root of the 70 nations. Where does he receive his energy? How did he, be, how did he come about through that large ayin that fell? So therefore, when it speaks about the wild boar in the forest, Esav, and his spiritual power of klipa, what does it say? Yechaser menno, chazir, the pig, the wild boar, Miyar and it has an ayin, but that ayin is hanging. Why is it hanging? Hanging means it's above. It's not settled. Because the wild boar, the klipa, Esav, they can't derive energy from God if God would be completely manifest in them. If he's revealed in them, then they wouldn't be klipa. Then they would be surrendered to him. 
So the way they receive energy, the way Klippa receives energy from any godly source is by the godly energy that's sustaining them remaining kind of outside of them. It's a weird situation. They receive the energy, but they have no clue that they're receiving it from this source. So it's like, in holiness, anything that's holy, the, the recipient, the vessel, the recipient senses the giver and is in a relationship with the giver. Wants to serve the giver. That's the idea. I recognize that we have, we as Jews, we recognize, any, any, any good being, any entity of goodness recognizes the source and wants to serve him. That means that the energy is enclosed in the creature, in the creation. That's in holiness. In klipa, it and its energy are separated. That's why the ayin of the word miyar, this is their source, is hovering above them. It's floating above them. That's why, by the way, one of the numbers in Klippa, one of the numbers that, that, that Klippa relates to Klippa is the number 11. They're deeply associated with the number 11. Why? Because every complete entity is 10. 10 is the structure of, of anything. Even space. You have the nine, the nine dimensions to everything. Because you have each side, then you have the beginning, the middle, and the end. So you have nine in each. And then you have the tenth, which is the center, the point of it. That's everything is really ten. Yeah? That's ten. Hold it. Oh, but in holiness, but then there's one more thing. There's the energy. There is the, the power, the soul, the soul. We should count the soul as something else. Now, in Kedusha, we don't count the soul as something else. It's only ten. That's why in holiness, it's ten sphero, ten attributes. Everything is ten. Because the recipient, the entity, with its energy, the soul and the body are one. And that's why the body feels the soul and it's surrendered to the soul. But in Klippa, they, they, they're oblivious to their energy, to their power. That's, great. that's why it remains separated from them. That's why we count the klipa, we count it as 11. That's why whenever we have to fix the klipa, we, 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 we associate it with number 11. And let me tell you some real cool thing. Whenever we're fixing klipa, we, that's why, for example, Yom Kippur, we're coming to fix all the darkness, all the sins that we've done. It's a day of tshuva. We do ketores. How many spices are there in the ketores? 11. Because it's meant to take the bad and convert it to good. The world of Klippa is the world of 11. That's why the Rebbe, whose his job is to fix the entire world and all the Klippas and turn them over, everything about him is number 11. He's born on the 11th day of Nisan. He became Rebbe on the 11th month of Shvat. On the 11th day, in the year Tavshin Yud Aleph, 5711, on the 11th month, the 11th day, born on the 11th, because his job is to take the Jewish people that have been wandering in klipa and making them all do tshuva, returning them all, converting all the klipa, converting, converting Esau to Kedusha. Taking all the klipas and converting them. 
as we're going to see in a moment. Vegam ayin the yar, and that's why the ayin of the word yar teluya is hanging with isha chitzonim mekablim berichuk the chitzonim they're receiving from a distance. Ayde pchinas makif the levona through the makif power of the levona shalakach yesh, you know in the in, in, why is he saying the makif of levona because in the katoras there's eleven spices one of them is called levona levona is frankincense I think it is called and it is a it is called white because that's the holy. That's the the rest of it is is, is klipa, but the eleventh is the holiness. There's eleven samamonim. and in holiness it's it's ten and not nine, ten and not eleven. Isn't that amazing? The Zohar says ten and not nine, ten and not eleven, and that's why right before Mashiach comes, when the klipas wanted to put their last fight, they chose nine eleven to do it. Because that's their numbers. Nine, opposite of, in Kedusha it says it's nine, and not, it's ten and not nine, ten and not eleven. Vigam, they also took down two buildings that, was num- that were both standing like number eleven. Remember that. Vigam, Pirish, Yoar, but that's the forest. With the ayin. Again, so the ayin is the clippers. That come from the come from the ayin, and we and that's where their energy comes, from. and that's where they turn into 70, 70 nations. Now, there's another meaning to the word yar. I mentioned this in the beginning of the class. Yar means a forest, and it's referring to the world of the malachim. The malachim are called the forest. The angels are the forests. That's why we say. When we say, Oz Now then they will sing the trees of the forest. Who are the trees of the forest that are singing? These are the angels that are called the trees of the forest. In davening we say, now another proof to this that the angels are called the forest. It says in the Pasuk, Hashem says, yari imdifshi. I've eaten my forest with my, with my honey. What does that mean? I've eaten my forest. That's God's breakfast. God eats a big salad, honey mustard salad. That's what he likes. What does it mean? So the Zohar says that the forest that he eats, that he eats, that's his food. The forest that he eats is the song of the angels. The angels are the forest. The honey is the song of the souls. When we say Shema Yisrael, Yoitzer Oer is all about the Malachim. Chulam, Kulam, Kulam, Ahuvim, Kulam, Berurim, Kulam, all about the Malachim. Haritzim, Akdishim, Hashem, all about the Malachim. But then right afterwards we say Shema, that's the honey. See, if God would only get the Malachim to sing without, without us saying Shema, it would be like having a salad without a dressing. We all know that that's, like, that's tasteless. The whole pleasure is you eat the salad, but you gotta have that. A little garlic, a little this, a little something. So that gives that. Anyway, so you see from there that the Zohar says that Yari is the Malach. So what does it have to do with Esav? Because the source of the beginning of the Klippus already begins in the, in the world of the Malachim. That's where, because they're not completely bottle. They're nullified. They're not like Neshamas. Neshamas are, there's no source for Klippa from Neshamas. Souls are completely, totally bittle. 
Malachim, they're semi-bottle. They're very bottle compared to us in bodies, but compared to true bittle, they're not fully there. It depends also which level of Malachim, but... And the eight Sadas Tovera begins already in that world, in Olam Yetzirah, half and half. Or a lower world, the world of Asiya. And that's already where there is already a possibility for Klippas. Oh, 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 but what did we learn? What did we learn two weeks ago, three weeks ago in the Mimer? In the Mimer, Al Tatsaras Moya, what did we learn? Kate Sam That the Abishta gave a set time for how long the Klippas can receive their energy from. Then they're going to expire. And that's called Ketzayamin. Remember Ketzayamin, Ketzayamin. In the future will come at the time of the end time. Let it be speedily in our day. It's going to be fulfilled. The spirit of impurity, God says, I'm going to remove from the world. And what's going to happen then? Then God is going to make of an ahapachu as ahapach. Then He's going to convert Ella Amim. He's going to convert all the nations. That the Kalipas are going to become supportive of holiness. Esav is not going to be a combatant. Esav is going to become an assistant. And Yechazir Menu, Chazir Miyoar, the Chazir from the Yoar that's deriving his energy from that large iron, is now going to change. And here's the thing that stunned me when I learned this mimer. He's going to make from his Yoar ear, ear Eloikeinu, the city of God. That means he's going to recognize Jerusalem. Who's the Chazir? Who's the wild boar that's going to recognize Jerusalem? That's Donald Trump, who looks like Esav on every level of it. And he is, he's turn, he, that's what it is. He's going to make from the forests of, of, of the Klippus, from everything, turning it all over, recognize Yerushalayim. And this week they just continued. Honduras recognized now and other nations. Goodbye. Klippus are over. That's why they're running, they're already beginning to fall. I said that earlier. And this is the meaning. Who's Rav? Oh, hey, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Esav is called the Rav. And also he, when, 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 when Rivka was given a testimony, what was Rivka given? What was, the, what was she told, the prophecy? The older one, which is Esav, he will support Tzair, the younger one. In the end, it will be him. From the Varav will become Sholem. He will be included in Yaakov. Gama makif, and now that makif, the ayin, will be included in Yaakov. And now we'll understand more why you need, in order to have a rav sholoim, that from rav should become sholoim, who dafka al yedei bonayich, is dafka through building up bonayich, ir aloikeinu, you have to build up Jerusalem. Why? Ki dafka, how did, how that? What, what's that? We said that through Limuda Torah, learning Torah, but not stop learning Torah. Remember that the whole theme of the Mimer is learning Torah out of a sense of commitment and duty with Kabbalah. Sir. Why? And I'm going to explain this a little bit. I said this earlier, but I want to say it again just for the... Yeah, Ellie. Because when you learn Torah, and you're learning with Kabbalah Sir, because Hashem said so, then you're accessing the Wi-Fi of Malchus. 
If you're learning Torah because it's Gishmak, then you're not accessing Malchus. Because Malchus means the Abish is your king and you're his subject, so you're battle. So in order to be, in order to, to channel in, in order to, to, uh, you know, to put in a code to get you into the program of Malchus, you need to have Bittel. Kabbalah's oil. Mainly Kabbalah's oil. Meaning duty. But usually we say that's mitzvah observance. You do a mitzvah because Hashem says it. Here we're saying, also make limudat Torah with a sense of duty. I mentioned earlier, that's the difference that you, you say you learned a hundred times, learn one more time. It's coming out of your nose already. One more time. Because Hashem said so. Not because you're enjoying. Why? Because when you're doing that, not only are you accessing into Malchus, you're now, you're now, you're now um, getting into Malchus, but you're drawing Chachma into Malchus, because Torah is Chachma. Now, if you're learning Torah without Bittel, you're drawing the energy of Chachma, but you're not drawing it into Malchus. What's the place where the Tikkun needs to happen, the separation of good and bad? In the worlds, in the creation, which are all the fam- which are all the Malchus is territory. Malchus is the source of creation. So when you want to do a birur, this is the whole point. When you want to do a birur, you want to you want to you want to fix Esav. You want to fix these in Yanam in this world. You want to do a separation. The good and the bad should separate. Rav Shalom, so that you can then take the Esav himself and convert him and flip him over to kedusha. How will you do that? You need you need chachma, and chachma is responsible for this bitter, for this for this discrimination. This is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. This has bitter. This doesn't. This is all the tikkun that needs to be done. And the reason why chachma is so can do the bitter because they have no power on chachma. Because what did we say before? Where did the shviras hakelim start? In bina, and since in chachma there's no Here's the thing. You know always, when can someone get to you? When can you like, when can someone get to you when you have a little bit of what they, of what they're like struggling with, then they can get to you. If you're completely clean from something, then you, then you, then you can't be, no one can, can, can siphon your energy. It's only if you have a little bit of that. And, so that's why from Bina you can't do it, you can't do a, a Bira because they have access to Bina. So they know how to push your buttons over there, right? But in, in Chachma, it's completely aloof. They, they, there's no, there's no shvira in Chachma, there's no shaykhist klip at all, and that's why it's able to do a perfect surgical tikkun there. They, they, they can only take from the yo'ar, from the forest, Zion, Taton, the aim of the seven lower powers of Bina, avaloi b'chachma, but not b'chachma. And from the Yar Nasa ear becomes a city. Which city? Which is Yerushalayim. Look over there. So it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you in another nakudam. There's Rishimus. There's, there are notes that the Rebbe wrote for himself. After Gimel Tamas, they found these notes. 
So there was a regime over there where he's talking about Yutas Kislev. And he says that Yutas Kislev is associated with the bitter of Esav. Purification of Esav. Because he says that Petersburg was where they arrested the Alter Rebbe and they took him to Petersburg. He says, Peter comes from the word Peter Rechem. And it represents Esau's power. It's his capital. Peter. Peter Rechem is the firstborn. Which Esau claims firstborn rights. And that's why he says, and he says it's the Lo'umazeh of Yerushalayim. Peterburg is the opposite of Yerushalayim. And that's why they arrested the Alter Rebbe because the Alter Rebbe is Chachma the Kedushin. But in the end, that's the, 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 you know, he, he explains the victory that he won over them and defeated them. We said before that the Birur of Esav can only come from Chachma. Whose Torah is the Torah of Chachma? Think about it. In, in, in addition to this, that the Alter Rebbe was the founder of Chabad, but basically if you learn the Alter Rebbe's Chassidus, you will see one recurring theme throughout all of his chassidus. Bittel, 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 bittel. Chachma koyachma. Bittel, bittel, bittel. You're going to have so many different shiurim and classes highlighting one thing. Do it not because... You know, it's not just inspiring to learn to daven. Do it because God said so. Everything is kuzashem. It's not mitzad yu, mitzad yebishter. Every mimer, no matter which way you slice it. He always comes back to that Ultimate, it's not about what, you know, it's always about Bittl, because he's the source of that. His Nisham is a Nishama coming directly from Chachma of Atzilas. Total Bittl. And he's the one that does the bitter Renesav. That's why he had to be arrested, go into their cellars. That's why the announcement on Yerushalayim, which is again, happened on Yutes Kislev. It was exactly, it was in Yutes Kislev. The victory of of, 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 of Kedusha over Esav, over Iralekenu over the city of Rome. Rome was Esav, defeated the base of Mingdash, burnt down the base of Mingdash. It's amazing. based on this, will understand Masha Kosov, Berabais, Alpasik, Rav Lochem. On the Pasik, Rav Lochem. Again, Rav, which is the power of Esav, that you have to make Lochem, you have to make it. Yours. You hear the words? Rav Lachem doesn't mean it. Oh, you, you sat around the mountain a long time. Rav Lachem. What does that mean? And it says, you were, you were sitting by, Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Jewish people, you were sitting by, by the Harsinai already long enough. Penu Lachem Tzafayna. Go to the north. So Chazal say, Ve'en Tzafayna Ela Divrei Torah. Go, go to the north. Go learn Torah. Ve'ainu. What's the idea? You're going to the north means... On the north, it also says, Mitzafain tipasei charahu. Who's in Tzafain? The northern side. The, the lands of Esau are in Tzafain. And it says in the Pasuk, Mitzafain, from the north will come the, the actually Russia is to the north of Eretz Yisrael. Mitzafain. Now another thing about, but it says, go to, go to Torah. From the north comes gold. And we know that between gold and silver, gold represents fear. 
and silver represents love. Nichsoif nichsafti, longing. Pchenas yira, yira as Hashem. Reishes chachma, yira as Hashem. Vuhu pchenas toira, and that's why by toira it says it mentions gold. Hanechmadim mizav or mipaz. Paz is also a type of gold. And that's why it also says it. Chachma, im ein chachma ein yira. What's Torah? Torah is chachma, yira, fear. The ikr pchena zahav, u Torah shabal peh. And the main zahav is Torah shabal peh. Shu pchena zkemayla sa zahav ala kesev. Moshkazma makamacha bein yebinyin yebinan yeseir and itna beisha. Okinyin arevim alai divrei soifrim. Shcheira and even ava v'soifru pchena zchachma. Shu bechachma zbidit. So shayach to that. That Rav should be yours, conquering the Rav. It gives you the ability to, to, to conquer your Nefesh of Bahamas, to conquer the Klippa, to weaken it and to turn it over. Okay, this last tool here I managed to prepare. This end, I didn't really do it well, and I want to go over this. Hashem. What does he mean over here with Pinulacham Tzafayna? And finish this Be'ezus Hashem next week, Thursday night. You will all, Be'ezus Hashem, tune in. It will be already in Yerushalayim next week. Okay, everyone. L'chaim. All your questions, roll them out now. This is the longest you've ever sat in the last six, seven years. Hold on, let me just first shut. Let me shut. Let me shut the. Uh, and you weren't sleeping tonight either. That's another thing. That's good.